0: presents the March of War. Let's hear for far, boys in blue. President Clinton has called them to action to fight the evil Canadian scourge. A full-scale attack has been launched on Toronto after the Canadians' last bombing, which took a horrible toll on the Arquette family. For security measures, our great American government is rounding up all citizens that have any Canadian blood and putting them into camps. All Canadian-American citizens are to report to one of these death camps right away. Did I say death camps? I meant happy camps where you will eat the finest meals, have access to fabulous doctors, and be able to exercise regularly. Meanwhile, the war criminals, Terrence and Philip are prepped for their execution. Their execution will take place during a fabulous USO show with special guest celebrities, including Big Gale and Winona Ryder. Of course, the only way to see the USO show is to sign up for the Army. So join the Army and kill some Canadian scum as we continue the March of War. Eat Snacky's spawn
1: Why, hello. It's uh, three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along, Megan, a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Southern State Radio. Thank you for coming along. How's it going over there?
2: You sound really loud.
1: You know, the last person to use that board was um, Christopher Scott, I believe. So he's deaf as well. We can add no, him to no, the list. No,
2: not the volume of oh, my you, headphones. Me? Just you in general. I have you a lot lower than you usually are, and it's still deafening.
1: You know what it is? It's my virility. It's my machismo. Yes, that's it. Rick Emerson is virile. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be doing that all day.
2: Are you going to talk about yourself in the third person all day
1: today? <laughs> no. If, well, maybe. But only as an adjunct to this other thing. Have you seen Grindhouse? Uh, not the festival, but the Tarantino Rodriguez thing? No. There's... Quick, just, just so you know why I'm doing this. And then we'll do the introduction. And by the way, hello, we're live. It's the 26th. It's Monday. Uh, Thanksgiving now uh, behind us. So, greetings and salutations. Um... So the Grindhouse movie that came out last or earlier this year, Tarantino and Rodriguez, it, it, it's done like a fake drive-in double feature, basically. And there are all these fake trailers between the two films. So the Rodriguez film plays, and then there's some fake previews, and then the Tarantino. And one of the fake previews is for this um, exploitation film called Machete with Danny Trejo, uh, who's just like huge, like... Just a huge, oh. What is it? It's like, they picked the wrong Mexican to F with. He's like this huge, uh, like Mexican guy with a machete who, you know, kills it. he kills evildoers and, and woos women. But, but constantly through the trailer, the voiceover guy, who sounds exactly like that voice I'm doing, keeps saying, Danny Trejo is machete. And so all weekend long, Fat Boy and I were going, we were just talking about ourselves, other people, inanimate objects, like in that way, in that voice. Uh, you know, like, fat, and we'll, I'll talk about why Fat Boy and I were spending the weekend together here in just a moment. But it, at one point, Fat Boy got up to go to the refrigerator because somebody had made ribs. So he gets, up, he gets up on Saturday night to go to the refrigerator to get some ribs. And I just hear him saying to himself, Fat Boy Roberts is eating some ribs. And then oh, just, my God. And it was like a whole thing your life is just... <laughs> sad, sad. <laughs> Rick Emerson is pathetic and alone All right uh why hi there it's 5037332970 5037332970 5037332970 for your comments your clarifications your conventions your two cents you're chiming in your what have you uh it's 503 733 Tonight 70, uh, Richie Bristol is Richie Bristol is standing by, uh, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the stupid, the pointless, the absurd, the inane, uh, the just plain babbly. Uh, anyway, uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com. Who you want to email us? Rick at RickEmerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970AM. Tim at 970AM. Or Richie with a T. Uh, at 970.am. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Uh, It is uh, Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. It is the 26th so we are here. Hope everybody is, um, I don't know, whatever you're supposed to be, safe and alert and rested and whatever. I'm rested because I slept right through my alarm this morning. So if I sound extra peppy, it's because I woke up like 45 minutes late. Which is okay with me, because it's a Monday, and nobody's really getting anything done upstairs anyway. It's the, everybody's just sort of still walking around in a tryptophan do stupor. You can just kind of tell. All right, uh, well, we'll. Uh, I'll just give you the brief heads up. We can get right to it, because it's been... Jesus, has it been a week since we were all in the same room together? Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't here Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you guys weren't here Thursday or Friday, and then it was the weekend. All right. So we got all this catching up to do, and Sarah's got a great story involving a wheelbarrow. So
2: oh, uh, it's not that
1: great. It was pretty great <laughs> when you told it <laughs> to me, but maybe it won't hold up. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up today. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath, who hates me, from Los Angeles. Uh, she doesn't hate me from Los Well, she does hate me from Los Angeles, actually. Also from Los Angeles, she hates me. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City today. Uh, we will have the top five. This was a top five that was actually so good. I put it off so we could do it this week. Um, it, we will spin. You saved it for Tim and I. I well, I saved it for you, basically. Mm. Uh, I mean, Tim will enjoy it too. Strong enough for uh, strong enough for Tim, but Sarah likes it too. I'm doing that backward. You know what I mean? Uh, so we put it off. We'll do it today. We will spin the wheel of time and have a top five today from uh, 19. Uh, let's see what else. Um, a snuff watch. We will get to today. We'll talk more about that here in a second. Um, worst drink ever. 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 We will talk about the worst drink ever. Uh, also, uh, stun guns. We'll talk some stun guns. I got a whole pile of observations that I made uh, last, let's see, last Wednesday night. I wrote down a whole bunch of crap that seemed interesting at the time, and I didn't get a chance to get to it the last few days. We'll see if it's still interesting today. Probably not. Uh, what else? Um, at some point today, I think today is the day that we need to go and clean out the refrigerator in here. And by clean out, I mean see how much alcohol is left and of what varieties and types. What Scotty J left behind. Yeah. Does that refrigerator work? It does. It, it barely works. Well, because it's we too... overtax it. <laughs>
2: yeah. So- Everything I stick in there, though, it's never cold.
1: But you guys, well, that's because God bless the Viso people, by the way. Um, we do love viso and they did hook us up with this viso fridge. But in their defense. The fridge is meant to hold, I think, a case and a half or something of viso. Uh, and that's why there's no adjustable temperature dial because it's really only it's it's supposed to be in a store like this. If you've gone to that the shop people place, this same fridge that we have is there because obviously it is a viso fridge meant to hold viso. So the deal is you go to like a store or a deli or whatever, viso gives you the fridge and then they keep it stocked with viso. So if somebody's in there, hey, a bagel? What'll I do? With, what with this bagel? Hey, some viso out of this viso fridge. It's not meant to hold. Like a hundred bottles of beer and some Jaeger and four bottles of wine and a box of wine and some cream cheese and some whatever. So we really are just working this poor refrigerator to death. I do kind of feel bad about it. Um, I had a couple of visos over the weekend, and I got so much stuff accomplished around the house. Oh man!
3: Oh no! You Things, will- all my errands into next spring were accomplished by just having a couple of visos. <laughs> I polished granite. I swept out the garage. I took out Christmas decorations, laundry, cooking—you
1: name it. Just out there cleaning okay. each blade of grass with a toothbrush.
4: <laughs> you're all Sarah Goldfarb
1: and whatnot, and cleaning you're so, your apartment in same in high speed. So proud of yourself when you finish, thanks totally. to visos. And then you're 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 proud of yourself, and then kind of going <sighs> in a corner at the end of the room. Uh, All right, let's see. Um, Oh, big giveaways this week and next week and the week after that. You you don't know from giveaways. Here's what we're giving away uh, starting today. Don't call about it yet. We've got, and we really have some fantastic stuff we're giving away. Um, We, um, uh, coming up in a few weeks, we've got Kissology Volume 3, but right now, the big news is this. We are going to be giving away a bunch of these Zeppelin, uh, I don't like the phrase gift packs, it sounds corny, but that's kind of what it is. It is, A, the new two-disc Mothership collection from Zeppelin. B, the uh, song remains the same on DVD with 40 minutes of new footage. And C, the song remains the same soundtrack remastered, uh, uh, digitally remastered. So it's like, that's one, two, I I think it's actually six discs. That's a six-disc Zeppelin set. Uh, we got a whole bunch of those to give away this week. So we're going to start that today. Also, we'll be giving them away to the Glorious Bastards online, to a few uh, lucky Glorious Bastards. If you're not a Glorious Bastard, you've got to sign up for that at 970.am. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Um, well, I don't think there's anything else I want to get to right now because we'll just get terribly behind. He'll get behind. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this very fine Monday. Who
3: knew he was still even around? Trent Lott announces his resignation. The Girls Gone Wild creator Joe Francis claims he was tortured in jail. 53 beautiful Malibu homes go up in smoke. Governor Schwarzenegger vows to help those left homeless. Washington County deputies close down TV highway after kids point toy guns at motorists. And the lead singer for Quiet Riot is found dead in Vegas. It's been confirmed it was
1: him. All right. So, well, I'll uh, I'll get to that in a second. I got a few thoughts about that just before we get... Before it falls into the province of hack-FM DJs who begin saying things like, <laughs> Come on, feel the noose. <laughs> I'm mm. saying that preemptively because you know that some dick is going to say oh, it later on. Oh, he hugged himself? Well, probably. Our mm. king, I'm, I, look, I don't know anything about anything. I would all but guarantee you it was suicide. And I'm not, I don't take any pleasure in that. Uh, but I, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know what? I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And I mean that, and I don't mean that in a jerky kind of way. I really honestly hope I'm wrong about that, but I don't think I am. Um, you know, so I'll, we'll, and I'm not going to get unnecessarily marveling about it, but I, uh, I have a couple of thoughts on that guy and that band uh, that we'll do here in a few. But I, I would almost guarantee you that he, uh, he delped himself, as they say. So we'll, um, I don't know if it was hanging or whatever, but you know that that's coming. You know that there's some guy at the Lots of Laps Prep Service uh, who's, uh, you know, who's, you know, cranking out a, you know, everybody, you know who's cranking out a, a, you know, a hang your head joke right now. Um, all right, Sarah Dillon, hello. How are hello. You? Welcome back. That was yes. Bremerton. Oh, man. Bremerton is
2: Bremerton. It never changes.
1: No. No, the
2: wardrobes don't change. The people don't change. What
1: year is it in Bremerton right now? 1998. <laughs> That's without even hesitating.
2: Same drawstring khaki Abercrombie pants on every <laughs> single one of those guys. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I got to see some people I went to high school with, which is interesting. Like Impressive. one of them. Yeah, today I had a kid, so I met her kid who was actually really cute. This
1: is how many of your friends now? How many of the people you would consider close friends have kids? Two. Okay. And they're
2: actually both really like good, like they're both maternal, like they're both right. kind of crazy, right. but they do seem like they've always uh, been meant to be mothers, so right. they're not too over the top, like, It just sucks for you. It sucks for me. Yeah. Yeah, because Tanae could go out one night. Yeah. The entire time I was there, after she had to beg her mom to um, watch. Uh, but then she had a party, since she couldn't go out, she had a housewarming party on Saturday night, which is where I went, and we drank malt liquor, and there were like kids, and running around, and I saw Tanae's 16-year-old sister, who I first met when she was five, and her sister um, and her friend were, like, stealing beer. Of course. The entire time. And they were pounding their beer, and I'm like, you guys, you know, if you're going to... We took their keys and hid them, so they weren't going to be driving anywhere, but...
1: You've become a mother figure. You kids, let me just no. take...
2: No. No, I was, I was trying to tell them how to drink more efficiently. Like, they were just <laughs> going into the bathroom and pounding beers. I'm like, stop pounding your beers. I'm like, just get a, a, get a cup that's not clear. Put your beer in there and then just, you know, drink it out of that. And instead, every time they'd go to the bathroom, they'd pound a beer, come back out. Pretty soon, they were just schnockered. And um, when I left, when we finally walked down the street to the bar, um, I saw her 16 year old sister next to the bonfire, leaning over a wheelbarrow, <laughs> throwing up. And then she yeah. was throwing up, then somebody had a flask or something. They're like, hey, you want a swig of whiskey? So then she takes like a swig of whiskey and continues to throw up over the wheelbarrow. <laughs> it was so trashy and oh, awesome. That's
0: wonderful. It
2: totally made me realize how much I loved Bremerton. And then I, um, like, Cut my knee open on I a saw piece that. of metal. You got a huge, like a big
1: gouge on the inside of your knee.
2: Yeah, it ripped my pants. There, were like used to be a fence in some spot, and then I they left, you know, took the fence away, but left this huge metal, like. Let's leave m-
1: this shardy thing in the ground. Totally,
2: and I sliced my knee open on it. I think I'm going to have to get a tetanus shot. Fantastic. Oh. That's oh, wonderful. Bremerton. Uh, but you weren't here last week. I saw, uh, have you seen Beowulf yet? No. You have to see it. It's hilarious.
1: Is it? I heard it's kind of terrible, but great.
2: It is the worst thing yeah. ever. actually. It's so bad. You would have a full appreciation uh, for
1: it. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. Uh, just to, by way of another little pimping, uh, we do have more tickets for this week. We have Beowulf tickets for this week. Don't uh, don't call Are about it. Are yeah, I think so. I think it's the same thing. I think Good. it's the IMAX thing.
2: I would say it's not worth seeing unless it's 3D.
1: And please don't call Dave's Zinn about it right now because he's having a rough morning. I think he's behind today. But uh, just because everybody's trying to catch up on the weekend. But I, I do think later this week we're going to be giving away a whole, a whole other bushel of tickets to Beowulf 3D uh, the IMAX.
2: Hey, and by the way, those fancy little prize pack glasses that I took all that time to and, um, stealing from yeah. one of the prize packs don't even work.
1: Really? They what do, do you- not work. Well, I don't understand. What do you mean?
2: I mean, they're. You mean? Does, they does don't the work.
1: movie require separate glasses?
2: Yeah, they have the 3D glasses there. I, I went and I looked like an idiot. He's <laughs> like, Oh, do you want glasses? I'm like, No, thanks. Got my own. And they have like IMAX written on them. And I was like, <laughs> Such a tool. <laughs> <That's> I <interesting. laughs>
1: oh, I
0: wish there was a photo. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Seen. Excellent. Good times for everybody. I um, saw Into the Wild. Uh, Finally. Uh, how did you feel about it? And again, I, I don't plan to see it. But how did you feel about it? First, I didn't read the book. But I will say, it was an excellent. It's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Really? Well, that's good. I'm glad. I
3: mean, but the character himself, Sean Penn usually has an agenda for things that yeah. he puts together. And that's, you know, what everyone else might think is crazy and and, and creepy. It's, well, he had a heart of gold. And, right. And he tries to make him some sort of a saint. But it... And the same thing, if something like that happened around here, we have all these people who want to climb mountains and they end up right. sending people after them. You know, they don't have movies to make about them. They're crazy, too.
1: Now, it's, if you read, and I would strongly encourage you to read Into the Wild by John Krakauer, the book, um, it's, it's a fantastic book, uh, a really haunting book. But you, you really don't know how to feel about that guy, Chris McCandless, because mm-hmm. it, it, he embodies all the things I love and all the things I hate. Because he is such a hippie and he you know burns his money in his credit cards and you know and he, he gives himself a different name because he doesn't want like his slave name or whatever but you know but then he really lives it he doesn't you know he doesn't pose he really does you know he he doesn't uh, doesn't go back to his family he doesn't go back to a trust fund he doesn't go back uh, to his you know sort of white collar you know his middle class white collar upbringing.
3: It just made me me think that he intended to commit suicide before he went in there.
1: I think so, probably, probably. I mean, it, 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 he knew he wasn't going to come out of there. I mean, it, there's one or two ways to look at it. You know, because we're not giving anything away. You know, the book. Has anybody and, seen it, except for us. well, and the and the book opens with them, with them saying, "Hey, Chris McCandless is found dead in Alaska." I mean, you know, you got to give it up. If he meant to commit suicide, then you know, then that's what it is. If if he didn't. You've got to get up to a guy who walked into the Alaskan wilderness in the middle of the winter and lived for three months walking with nothing, with his bare hands, and lived for three months in the Alaskan wilderness. I couldn't do that. So, well, I'm glad it's good, though, because, you know, Sean Penn has never. I don't think Sean Penn's ever really made a bad film. No. I can't really think of anything bad, except for the stuff he, you know. Did he make a film with Madonna? What
2: about I Am Sam?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, well spotted. Okay, good for you.
4: Well, then, never mind then. Sorry. It's a great movie.
1: Regardless of how you feel about the whole thing, probably the best thing to come out this year. I may or may not see the movie. I uh, I just I felt so strongly about the book. I'm sort of torn, but uh, maybe based on your recommendation. And then tonight, no one tell me anything about it. Tonight I'll be seeing the mist. So, uh, ah. so I don't. I don't want to know anything about it going in. I want to go in blank, as they say. All right. Uh, well, let me just work. Yes.
2: Oh, I just was to tell you I saw a movie. Oh, what'd you see? I saw Fred Claus. Why?
5: Like,
2: it was between. Um. It was between No Country for Old Men and.
1: You don't want to see that with your parents.
2: Exactly. Between that and Fred Claus, that was all they were playing NVIDIA. at the Silverdale Cinema. Which, by the way, it's frozen Silverdale. in time. Of course. And they still have all like the butter dispensers out on the counters, and um, all the people who work there are really old. Uh. It, was just, it was really.
1: Kind of well, throughout. a Coen Brothers movie, I don't know much about your parents, but they're probably not Coen Brothers Yeah, fans. my mom
2: keeps telling me she read a bunch of, she's like, I read great reviews about it. I'm like, you know, a drug cartel and like one of the violent movies. And lots of movies. violence. Yeah. and
1: Yeah. No, you don't want to see so it. So much
2: Fred Claus. Actually, not that bad. Oh, it was kind on. of funny. Really? I know. I didn't expect anything from it. There were some ill-advised uh, dance sequences with Vince Vaughn that made uh, me actively blush. Uh, him dancing uh, to a rock and roll song in the middle of a room full of elves oh as I they all cheer him dead. on. It was so bad. Oh, that's so and then now that that wasn't only enough, then flash forward to five minutes later where he's actually giving an elf personal dance lesson.
1: Uh. All right. All right. Is it, are they doing it as some sort of knockoff to Flashdance? Like, is he ripping out the collar of his sweatshirt or something? No. That's the only thing that would make it worse. And it's PG, so you know it's bad.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Vince Vaughn watered down. But it was pretty funny. There was also a, se- um, a sequence where they're um, you know because he's the older brother of Santa Claus. Uh, uh. Well, and uh, there's a sequence they go to where it's uh, siblings anonymous. Uh-huh. We go and it's a meeting place for siblings of famous people who have to kind of live in their shadow. And uh, the first guy that talks is Frank Stallone. <laughs> and so He's like, "It was all right when Rocky came out." And then he starts and then he's like, "And then he did Rambo and everyone knew who he was." And then um, there's also a Baldwin in there Fantastic. too. Fantastic. And the Baldwin starts freaking out and yelling. At him. He's like, "He's not Alec. He's not Alec."
1: Excellent. <laughs> That's great. I think there ought to be a movie about a merry mirth maker from the North Pole who spreads a virus that kills everybody in the Pacific or in the the American Southwest, and it would be called Hanta Claus. I'm back, baby! It's Monday! Woo! What? Hanta Claus! I don't get it. Like the Hanta virus. Hanta Claus. Never mind. Where are you, back from? <laughs> I'm sorry. I seem to have left my talent uh, rock away. Um, let's uh, well, let's move. Let's work backward here. Um, so, uh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out if I want to talk about the snuff watch now or if I want to wait. Well, I'll just say I'll just do, because we got the Kevin deBrow snuff watch coming up later on. Uh, so uh, I'll just say, and we'll we'll expound more on this later. Blah, 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 Michael Bolden, blah, 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 celebrate the guy's entire catalog, da 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 uh, I will say that I, I was, and, I, and everybody has, at this point I probably don't need to establish, like in a post-bigger-than-Jesus post world, I don't need to establish that I don't have anything, I don't have any guilty pleasures, and I think I speak for probably most of us here, that I just, I'm beyond having, I think guilty pleasures are a thing you have at a certain age or if you're a certain personality type and i think at a certain point you just become zen enough with your own tape and if you would, you know if somebody doesn't like what you like uh, then that's fine, you know. Uh, like, I know that Sarah has her, you know, you said you like Meatloaf unironically mm-hmm. and the Rocky Horror Picture Show unironically and the, you know, insert, what and whatever, New Kids on the Block unironically, whatever it is. I have no guilty pleasures. I simply have things that I enjoy listening to. And if, you know, somebody else thinks they're corny, then that's their problem, and I don't make it my problem. So I am a big Quiet Riot fan, and uh, it's funny because we were just talking about Quiet riot on Friday. We had we were just talking about them because I was just we were talking about fake IDs. And I was telling this story, which is completely true, that I got my very first fake ID so I could go see Quiet Riot. As lame as that may sound to somebody, because I grew up as a huge Quiet Riot fan, and I was like 19, and they were playing some club somewhere, and I wanted to see them, so I went and I bought a fake ID just for the express purpose of seeing Quiet Riot. And I got to tell you, I, I own more Quiet Riot albums than anybody. I own more Quiet Riot albums than anybody in the band owns. So it's, I really, it really was a weird, and plus I would say this, I mean, you know, there was was Kurt Cobain and there was um, uh, Jam Master Jay from Run DMC, and I'm trying to think of who else, sort of from my uh, generation of rock. You know, has has died sort of in an untimely fashion. And I can't, I mean, I guess there were the, you know, the predictable overdoses and whatever. But I mean, this is, I don't know, it was just a weird thing. You just don't think about the guy from Quiet Riot just like off on himself in a room somewhere in Vegas. That's just depressing. But um... But we will talk more about that later. But we were just, we just had this long conversation about them on Friday. Um, it's all very strange. So let's work backward, and then we'll break, and we'll come back, Steve Kastenbaum, and so forth later. Um, so uh, Jesus, so this weekend, God, I don't even know where to start. Uh, so this weekend, a big shout out and thanks to, to everybody. We had um, it was, um, Jason Crump uh, from Vanished One Photography, Fat Boy from KUFO, Scott Dally, uh, uh, Jen, uh, uh, Jen and Aaron Geeks in the City, uh, uh, Diana uh, from Downtown, and uh, and her man uh, Prime, and it, 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 the whole it, the whole parcel of people. And we rented this big beach house at Rockaway. It was like this three-story house on the beach, and everybody kicked in however many dollars each, and we rented this big... And it was like the big chill, but with Guitar Hero. And it just... I mean, you want to talk about a people that that can put away a staggering amount of alcohol. Just an unreal, unbelievable, unholy amount of drinking. So I don't even really know if I have any anecdotes to share from, from this weekend, except to say that there's really... A stunning number of photographs of Fat Boy completely and totally drunk doing one of two things. Every photo of Fat Boy taken this weekend at this at this beach house it has him doing one of two things. On one foot with his hand on his forehead doing the Caw-caw! dance from arrested development, or playing guitar. This is his preferred pose for playing guitar hero. And I mean a physical pose. Sitting on the railing of a staircase on the third floor over which were he to fall he would go straight down about 30 oh. feet under, and we kept saying like dude you are A. you're blind drunk B. you are gesticulating wildly while playing Guitar Hero maybe you should not sit on the edge like the railing of the staircase that will take you all the way down to your Christopher Reeve-esque doom and he said no, I'm
0: fine you shut up and so
1: he would just like continue to it was just a whole and it this will sum up the entire weekend for you there were only two designated areas in the kitchen there was one entire countertop that was for nothing but big bottles of booze and then there was one entire shelf in the refrigerator that was for nothing but bacon there was in fact an entire bacon shelf uh... in the refrigerator and i think at some point somebody pulled out one of those little mail scales like weigh postage and cocaine on and i think somebody calculated that we had twenty nine pounds of bacon uh,
4: so there you go.
1: So, Twenty nine pounds of bacon. I'm sorry I missed it. And like eighty bottles of vodka. So it was a good time had by everybody this weekend. Um, it, working back, um, let me just thank Kristen Bowie and Timmy Ryan who stepped in on Thursday and Friday. Thank you. Um, good, those guys did a, a fantastic job. But we got to give it up. Not that I mean. It, first of all, uh, Timmy Ryan was great and just hilarious and just like bitter and just. Can I say something that'll make me sound old? He does really remind me a lot of me at 26. I do have to say that. Because I was 26, actually, when I first came to Portland. Um, And where I was just way, way too tightly wound, like even more so than now, way too amped up, even more so than now, way too edgy and disproportionately angry about everything, like way more so than now. So at the risk of sounding like an old guy going, well, let me tell you how it was back in 98 when I first came to Portland, I really do see some of myself in Timmy Ryan, so he was he was hilarious. Great job uh, by him. And Kristen, who is like the hardest of the hardcore, I have to tell you this on. She shames us all. Thursday afternoon, she has another non-radio job. Um, she spent Thursday afternoon, part of Thanksgiving, at her reg- her regular real-world job. Then get this, she goes to her other, and I won't name the station. Kristen Bowie on Thursday night goes to the other radio station where she worked at midnight. Works midnight to 6 after having worked all day out on The Real World. She does midnight to 6 on the other station. Comes here. Works from 6 to 11 running Dennis Miller. And then runs this show till 3 in the afternoon. I mean, she was up for something like 29 hours in a row. I mean, and didn't, didn't, and you know what? The only reason I knew that is because Seamus told me. Because Seamus had been sort of stalking her uh, online. He'd been talking to her all all night online. And he's like, you know, she's been awake for 29 hours. And she didn't, you know. As the as the refreshments would say, didn't didn't crack or or, or bend or you know you know blink for anybody. So she didn't. the uh, good for her. Um, I guess the only other thing, and I I thought I was going to get so much more done in this opening segment. I know it's Monday after Thanksgiving and so forth, but I I'll have to get to these notes because I was out of town on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I was in uh, Washington State, so I have. Some notes here that I want to get to about some things that are both great and terrible. Before we do that, though, I'm just going to show you guys a little something. You, Tim, you, Sarah, me, John, big tree. I'm going to show you a little something, and then we're going to take a break here in a few. I have to say that this, our last Thanksgiving program, our program last Thursday, is probably the best Thanksgiving program we've had yet. And our Thanksgiving shows are always really great. It was so good. Because we Tim and I aren't there. No, it has nothing to do with that. Baby, don't be that way. Uh, it was just a really great show. Scott Daly was here. Court and Fat Boy both stopped in. Aaron was here. Um, mailman Chris came by. I think Boba Fett came by at one point. It was just a cast of thousands. Aaron brought in his big bottle of Romulan Ale. Court from Court and Fat Boy, he brought in a big bottle of Absinthe. Uh, and so the Absinthe and the Romulan Ale were going around. Um... I mean, everybody was really, really just uh, lit and just having a great time on Thanksgiving. And then something was brought into the room. Something was brought into the studio. Something that should not be. Something unholy. That which cannot be named. Something from beyond the stars. Something that came from the bowels of all damnation. Something that came from a place so dark, so black, so bleak a pit so bereft of all humanity as Lance Henriksen would say it came from the abyss from the void from the millennium something was brought into this room which forever defiled it. Who wants to see it? Is it still here? Yes oh, It's right, on the okay. floor right now at my feet. Ew, okay. Alright, you guys should shut your eyes. Okay. Right. It's, not, uh, it's not anything that's alive anymore. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I don't want to see that. Yes, you do. I'm not sure
2: that I do. If it's a dead animal, Rick, I don't want to see it.
1: Well, it's not a dead animal. Well, it's a dead animal. But I mean, it's not the way you're thinking. It's not a poodle or anything. Is
2: this a stuffed animal?
1: No. Well, I don't know. Okay, one? can we look yet? Okay, hold on. This is. Uh... Okay, go ahead.
2: <gasps> oh, what is that? This. Oh, bad. What is that?
1: This is. Now, there's two oh of these. Oh, my God. This what is this? Vietnamese tequila. In which is floating a cobra, a garden snake. They claim it's ginger, but it looks like tapeworms. Hold on. Who wants to see the other
2: one? Oh, no. Not Not me. me. The other
1: one's even better. Uh. This one's got a scorpion in it.
2: Oh, my God. The scorpion isn't so gross. The uh, snake is. I have to come look at this.
1: Okay, yeah, like now you can see a photo of these at RickEmerson.com. I implore you to go to Rick. Be careful. That one is the. It's not open, but the seal's broken on that one. you are trying to get out. This one's sealed. They're they're obviously long time dead. Yeah,
2: but they're long
6: time.
1: Gross. Go to Rick. Yeah, that one is the seal's broken, but it's closed. It's. it's
6: gross Rick. No, no, I'm just saying.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to cover my own fear with bravado. Uh, if you go to RickEmerson.com, you'll be able to see a photograph of these. Uh, go to com. You can see a photograph of oh, these oh, bottles. Wow. Um, oh, I think our mono bed is ending. Oh, there's, there's another one. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, so now who wants to guess who brought these in? It's Richie. Well done, first guess. <laughs> Richie Bristol brought these in. Yes. Uh, now, Richie has gone. Richie went to. Richie, when was it that you went to Vietnam? Was it last year? Was it earlier uh, this year? Richie Bristol are intrepid in March. Uh, yeah, so Richie Bristol went to Vietnam, uh, in March, and he found these being sold by one of, like, a back alley street vendor, one of those weird stores, no sign, no name, not in any, not Isn't in any, phone all book. of Vietnam, a back alley. It's, well, you said that, Tim Riley. I didn't say that. I'm sure it's in any splendor place. I'm just saying there's your upscale markets in any country, and then there's your this. So if you go to rickhemerson.com, you can see some photographs of these. Now, if you can see, this one's actually been opened. And
2: so Richie drank out of that?
1: Richie, you haven't drunk this, have you? I know we smelled it. Uh, not to say, uh, Scott Daly and Aaron smelled it. On, I have to tell you this. We opened the bottle. We opened this one. No, he's never consumed it. We took the cap off of this one, and the studio smelled for two hours. So, you go to RickEmerson.com right now. I think it's about three postings down. You'll able to see a photograph that Aaron took of these bottles of Vietnamese tequila. And, yeah, one of them has a cobra, a garden snake, and a bunch of um, ginger in it. The other one has a cobra... A scorpion, and that's a big ass freaking scorpion, by the way. There's no way to describe how weird that this is. That scorpion
2: is huge. That cobra head is enormous.
1: Now here's the thing. Hmm. Here's the thing. Now Aaron is going to be in the studio on Friday. Aaron is going to be in the studio on Friday. Did you issue the test? Aaron has already. Well, there's two levels to this. A. Aaron has said that if we raise, this, if if the if the audience ponies up enough cash, he'll drink some of it. But here's the other thing. Then he needs to drink it right out of the bottle. Then Chris Boba Fett called up though, and he's like, you know what? He's like, he's like, just just to shame you. He's like, I'll come in and drink it for free. And so what we have here is a Star Trek Star Wars face-off. So we will find out which geek click is the strongest.
2: That is so wrong. They're really going to drink that? they are dead things fermenting Chris in it?
1: Boba Fett, our friend Chris Boba, has, has offered to come in, and he has offered to drink some of this to hold it down for the Star Wars uh, uh, click.
2: I need to look on your website to make sure this your photo is doing it justice. I, you like, might I have to take they're...
1: another one. Aaron just took it with his phone, and Aaron was drunk at the time. So Aaron was already drunk on, uh, on absinthe. So, no, you uh, can't.
2: This doesn't do it anymore. Well, progress, you'll though. have
1: to. Can, will you take another photograph then? I'll take because I can't. One. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because this doesn't look like anything. They can't see the three-dimensional disturbingness.
1: It's unreal. Distur- I can't even talk. Yeah, no, it's it's of... it's not real. It's not of this. It's not of this world. So uh, anyway,
0: there you go. Can you
1: take those off the counter now, please? <sighs> All right. Well, we have to take a break here. Steve Kastenbaum coming up at 11:40 at noon. Tim Riley, the new news hour, along with a snuff watch later on the top five. Uh, Rachel McGrath, more of your phone calls and a lot of notes to get to from earlier uh, in the month. So you say there's the Rick Emerson Show. I wouldn't worry about that. Now, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to go, Lockjaw, you would know it by now. I think. I got to tell you, let me this you a about Lockjaw. You don't. Uh, no, really, you want to hear this. Uh, when I was uh, working in Salt Lake years ago, this radio station, we were putting up a tent display uh, at a fair, and um, blah, 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 so I'm helping to put up this tent, and there's a huge rusty nail, and just like Jesus-like, <laughs> nail right uh-huh. into the palm of my hand, and I was like, well... I'm a man, I'm not gonna to go to get that taken care of. And then later on, somebody said to me, well, when's the last time you had a tetanus shot? And I go, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, whenever it was. And I went to the hospital, and it, and it had been a, and the woman actually said to me, she was like, yeah, I can still see, the, the nurse, she's like, I can still see rust particles in this. She's like, when did this happen? Like, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, she's like, yeah, you had about an hour before uh, tetanus probably set in. So let me just take care of this for you. Now. Oh. Uh, you'll, you'll be fine. Before we do anything else, let's, um.
6: the oh, you... It's about uh,
1: Sex Panther. Oh.
6: It's quite pungent.
1: Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show our good friend uh, Richie Bristol, and then we'll um, I see Steve Kastenbaum. Steve, if you're there, hang on tight, brother. We'll get to you in just a second. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. How are you? Good. Um so because on Thursday uh. many people missed and I have to say and again I don't mean the Lord this over people weren't listening I'm just saying Thursday was a great show really great Friday was good too but Thursday was exceptional Um so Richie please to give the province of this hell juice um this this was it um like a like a street vendor or a guy with like a store or a cart uh it was like in a back alley like, store <laughs> excellent it gets better
7: and better
2: So Richie what color was that when you first got it
1: Uh
7: same color cuz I think it's you said it's like a Vietnamese tequila. Yeah, I don't think I was supposed to bring it back. <laughs> Excellent, well done.
1: Well, I wouldn't think so. And it's filled with ginger, so it, it seems like that might be the real color. But God only knows what color cobra turns something.
2: You know what? And I looked at the bottom of the cobra, and that cobra is like cut open at the bottom, and some of his insides were dangling. Well, that's out.
1: the that's the way you get the cobra flavor out, Sarah.
2: Oh my God. That's
7: how you that essence of uh, that's how you infuse it that's with cobra. That's That's just
1: like that's cobra juice.
7: In- <laughs> That's what they, I hear that a lot. Um, oh, but they say I mean, cobras aren't poisonous as babies. So Sure. Is that
1: what they told you? <laughs> yeah. that the lie they told you? So uh, by, we'll have to talk more about this later because I know Steve's on hold. Uh, we have to take a moment to give it up to Richie because let me just tell you a little story about the MySpace, uh, the AM970 MySpace page, which for the longest time... We basically registered ignored it. ignored it for a year. I ignored it for a year, and there was like four friends. Nothing happened. Richie has done a fantastic job of updating the AM970 MySpace page. Tell people what's on the MySpace page right now, Richie.
7: We have a video of this Cobra
1: liquor. So if you go to the go to... it's fa- How cool is that video? That I can't... Let's see. I haven't watched it. Oh, you have it on there twice. So go to... Uh, is it MySpace.com slash AM970? Yes. Okay. MySpace.com slash AM970. You can actually see full-motion video of this bottle of Cobra liquor uh, oh, that yeah. Richie has oh, brought in. Oh, yeah.
2: bad. Yeah. But see, but this, you, this helps.
1: You were worried that people wouldn't be able to get an accurate image you, of it. Did
2: you do it with both of them, Richie, or just the one? Yeah,
1: both of them. So, but how cool is the page look? Richie has totally busted his ass and made that page that fantastic. great, Richie. So uh, I encourage you all now, go to myspace.com/am970, myspace.com slash am970, myspace.com slash AM 970, you can see full motion video of this liquor uh, that Richie brought in. i to your friend. Yes, and please, please do that. So, uh, all right, thank you. You're the man. Uh, We'll talk to you a little bit later. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen from New York City, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson radio program. CNN radio correspondent, man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantastic. How's your weekend, my friend?
8: Pretty good. So, I have to ask, I I caught you in the middle of the conversation. Where did the Cobra liquor come from?
1: Uh, Vietnam. Um so our phone screener uh and uh intrepid uh, we have to come up with a some sort of super title for him now because he really is just he started kicking ass on some things. So Richie Bristol had gone to Vietnam in March from a street vendor in Vietnam. Yeah, he found these two bottles of uh, what is essentially Vietnamese tequila, uh, tequila. Um one of the bottles has a cobra and a garden snake in it. The other bottle has a cobra and a scorpion in it. Um and one of them is sealed. One of them was that we broke the seal just so people could smell it. And uh, the studio smelled like cobra and tequila for about an hour and a half. <laughs> um, so it's unreal. So if you go to the MySpace page for, the, for AM 970, you'll be able to see a video of this. It is really, as Sarah put it's something from hell.
8: It's You know what I saw when I was in Vietnam? Mm. If I can continue on with the weirdness. Yeah. Uh, they, they carry all sorts of things to market uh, for sale for, for your culinary delights on the back of uh, little mopeds that everybody drives around on. And one of the things I saw were these uh, little cages that were filled with rats.
1: Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, that actually in a weird way doesn't quite bother me as much because I know that in terms of animal consumption and whatever, I know that you know, like every culture has their, as As somebody once told me, you know, there are whole sections of the world Uh, large sections of Asia, for example, where the notion of eating cheese is just completely horrifying. I mean, we're we're like, you know, like a lot of Asian cultures would look at, you know, me and go, what are you eating rotten milk for? You know, and I go, well, it's cheese. And they go, no, 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 it's rotten milk, Whitey. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's a weird world, but I got to tell you, it, this sets a whole new standard, so it really is. If you haven't seen the video, I encourage you to go look at that.
8: I will take a look. Uh, the, uh, before my day ends, I definitely will.
1: Uh, big uh, big happenings at the mount household over the weekend?
8: Oh, we had fun on Thanksgiving Day after the uh, Thanksgiving Day parade. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, make it to the show on Thursday. Not at all. You
1: know that was my mistake. Um, I failed to convey uh, to Laura at CNN that we were going to be in on Thursday and Friday. So we ended up talking to uh, to Rupa. That's uh, I failed to pass that along. So Not at all. I didn't want to impede on your holiday gatherings. But uh, what do you guys? Uh, how how does how does the Caston uh, family do it up?
8: Well, we went to my wife's aunt and uncle's uh, place. And uh, they had all the the fixings with all the trimmings, but they have a tradition of always making an orange soup. So whatever the soup is, it's going to be orange in color. Oh,
1: not orange flavor, but it just has to be orange in color. Well, you know, this tequila is sort of orange colored. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. So you could sort of, you know, you could be ahead of the curve for next year, sir.
8: Have a fermented
1: soup. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um Anyway, uh, bleh, all right. I, you know, my my tongue is not quite working in conjunction with the rest of my head today, but I I will say, man, we're getting this. This doesn't even really affect me because I don't plan to. I'm I don't think we're leaving town for Christmas this year. We did go to New York two years ago, but I um. It, 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 you guys are heading into the holiday season and the real big touristy crunch for the holidays. And this Broadway thing is just can, How much money is being lost because of this Broadway strike?
8: Well, last year they made about thirty million dollars in uh, the Broadway district theaters during the Thanksgiving week. So this year, <clears throat> excuse me, significantly less because there are only eight and now nine shows running uh because The Grinch uh, that stole Christmas is, is running again thanks to a court order. Has
1: somebody that, has somebody done the obligatory The Grinch that stole Broadway's play season or something?
8: It it's been done to death. All right, okay. Yes. <laughs> but there are 26 shows that aren't running still. So what do they do? The, the the powers that be within the union and the theater owners and producers sat down yesterday to see if they could finally hammer out an agreement, uh, an agreement, meet each other uh, halfway perhaps. And they uh, meet through the night, all night long, till 6:30 in the morning when they finally decide to take a break. And then they say they're going to come back uh, tonight at 7 p.m. to resume the talks. And it's not clear if any progress has been made. Mm. I hate when they do this because it makes it really difficult on us in the news business to cover these talks when they do it overnight. My question is, when they saw they were going into the wee hours of the night, why did they just stop, get a normal night's sleep, come back at 7, 8 in the morning and go all day today and maybe reach an agreement by the end of the day. No, now they're going to go all through the night again.
1: <laughs> it's, just, it's like, you know what it is? It's like they, they just can't, even when they're on strike, like Broadway folks can't tone down their sense of the dramatic. You know yeah. what I mean?
8: Right. It's yeah. got to be an
1: all-night bargaining session.
8: Well, you know what it is? They don't work normal hours on Broadway, so maybe they can't negotiate normal hours either.
1: Maybe. its uh, I guess it's entirely possible. So, All right, well, I guess that sucks for you. So uh, I wish I had words to cheer you up, but I have nothing. Nothing.
8: Nothing. I wish I wish I knew what was going yeah. on. I wish I had some insight in, into the talks. But nobody is saying anything. They don't want to, you know, play this out in the press, which sure. means which is a good thing. They, that means they really want to finally reach an agreement so they can get the shows running again before the entire holiday season is a wash.
1: All right, my friend. Uh, right now it's just a wash in failure. Now, see, I got nothing. I'm trying to come up with a pun and I just did it. <laughs> I've been beaten to the puns on on every level here.
8: Beaten to the puns. Hey, you're right about the cheese thing, by the way, in Southeast Asia. Yeah don't eat it it's just the, the cheese that you do find it, it's just like american cheese you know and individually wrapped slices it's not good mm-hmm.
1: just- well, because, yeah, because the notion of eating cheese is so foreign, you'll forgive the pun, in some parts of the world that, yeah, apparently, I've heard from, from f- uh, folks who've done that, that when, you know, they, they try to get cheese right in some cultures that don't eat cheese, they just mangle it entirely, so.
8: They really do. You know, you, there's there's always, you know, the, the neighborhood where all the backpackers go, you uh-huh. know, whenever they're going around these countries. Totally. And, and inadvertently, there's always a pizza place. I don't understand why you'd want pizza while you're in Bangkok, you
1: know? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, you know, but that, that's... That's for, like, when the Griswolds go on vacation. So. Right. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. We will uh, talk to you very soon, my friend. Go on, folks. All right, there you go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Fastenbaum. Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, let's just uh, take a couple of these calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's Monday. What's up?
9: Hey, Rick. This is Randy King. Randy in, uh, in Minnesota. Randy
1: in Minnesota. Hello, sir. How was your holiday?
9: Uh, well, you know, I worked. Work, work, work. That's all I do. Two jobs. Two um, jobs. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, are you going to be doing, uh, the, the? it's the worst Christmas song you've ever heard this year?
1: Uh, well, it's funny you said that. I was actually getting, I was actually queuing one of those up uh, right now.
6: Is it the Christmas
1: shoes? Uh, well, you'll have to wait and find out. But we do have, we started, I actually haven't played any Christmas music today. It's, we're almost an hour into the show. We started on Friday. Uh, we did our obligatory starting the show with the Kinks' Father Christmas, which is what we do every year. Uh, and then I played some of my, you know, we, I do pride myself in the fact that this program, we have, uh, and we all contribute to this, uh, th- we have great Christmas music on this program. And I do take pride in the fact that we don't just play the same crap. I mean, I you know, th- not that we're like groundbreakingly original. But, I mean, I played my uh, Merry Christmas Baby by Otis Redding, and then Sarah usually brings in, like, what, like the Vandals and mm. whatevers. Tim has his whole Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra thing. So, uh, But we are going to be throwing in some really colossally bad Christmas songs on top of it. Yes.
9: Uh, speaking of bad music, I was going to ask uh, Sarah. Uh, yeah. That meat, that Meatloaf uh, bootleg, do you know when that was recorded?
2: Uh, in 2007 at some point. Um, you know, because I don't I'm have the
9: disc I'm with worried. me. I think... I'm worried about Meatloaf.
1: Uh, well, he apparently, they claim he has a nodule on his vocal cords. That's the excuse they're giving, so who knows?
9: The stroking nodule, maybe?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know the answer to that. um He's taking some time off, though, but i got to tell you this. I've seen Meatloaf play live a couple of times now over the last decade, and I have to just tell you, it, his voice, he just can't sing very well anymore. It was he on just,
2: March 18th
9: 2007. Well, you know, you know, on the album last year, which uh, panned, but it grows on you after repeated listening to the uh, L3. Yeah. Other than a bad title and bad... Title song, it'll grow on you. But his voice is very strong in
1: that. It's strong. He just the problem with Meatloaf, in my opinion, is he and we're getting so inside baseball here. But the problem with Meatloaf is he doesn't have a strong enough producer to to order him to stop that stupid quavery thing that he does. You know, if you listen to the original "Bat Out of Hell." He doesn't make everything a vibrato, but every. Kind sounds
2: like a parody of himself. That's now. what I'm
1: saying. Now he doesn't have anybody in the studio who's willing to lay down the law and say, just sing the goddamn note." Yeah, so, yeah,
9: They need each other. All uh, right, last, last, yes, thing, last thing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I sent you an email about this. I'm moving to Vegas. Moving back to Vegas Good at for you. the end of the year. And and if you need anybody down there, you know, to to help you out with the OJ thing, I'll be your volunteer. I'll, I'll do what I got to do. I'll never get in that
1: courtroom, but if you ever need
9: me, cool, I'm we'll, right We we'll got two listeners in there.
1: We'll keep us in the loop, my brother.
9: All right, you. All
1: right, thank you, yes, Randy in Minnesota. All right, I have time for the Christmas song thing here, but we'll play it later. I
2: sang meatloaf,
1: I sang meatloaf last night at karaoke. Karaoke? Mm-hmm. I went to the
2: Alibi. There's this awesome KJ there, and he's and. I can't remember his name. But no, 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 we,
1: but I've been there a few times. Yeah, yeah,
2: and we did Paradise by the Dashboard Light.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, my friend Lori was always raving about the karaoke, the alibi. Uh, take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. More of your phone calls. Oh, somebody here who has knowledge about Tequila Cobra. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, hang on. We'll get to you in just a few. Tim Riley coming up. Top five, Rachel McGrath, and uh, more notes from the past few days. You stay there. It's the um, Rick Emerson.
2: I didn't get it in time. I know we're trying to be pros.
1: Just wait as we fast forward. All right, back after this. You stay there. liquor uh, the I was forbidden to do that all weekend long so Everybody I
2: did? kind to of, like forbid myself to do it it's so
1: addictive yeah uh, our good friend Todd the Corpse is vacationing in Hawaii right now first of all hello Todd the Corpse uh, I know he's listening on podcast. here's how great and what a dork he is I swear to God this is absolutely true our good friend Todd the Corpse in Hawaii uh, all week he bought himself a waterproof mp3 player so he can listen to this show while snorkeling so he sent me an email. He's like, he's like, hey, I was just snorkeling for an hour and a half while listening to your podcast. So he was underwater snorkeling with, like, dolphins in Hawaii while listening to our show. How weird and bizarre That's is awesome. that? And he said that every time a fish went by that was, like, ended with ER, he would turn to his wife and mouth, like, I to roar. So it would be, like, a grouper. You or... have an
2: underwater voice better than anybody I've ever met. Okay, hey, my only
1: skill. <laughs> so he said the first time he's like snorkeling underwater and a puffer fish goes by. And he turns to his wife and he makes the universal symbol for puffer, like puffing at his cheeks. And then he goes, I'm better And apparently he got the lecture later. Like She's like, you are allowed three ur jokes for the remainder of this vacation. Now shut up.
9: Let's do this one call, then we'll go to the Ministry of
1: Truth. Hello, sir, madam, the case may be.
9: Good morning, Rick. How are you?
1: I'm fine. How are you?
9: Doing Good. Uh, you were talking about, uh, or whoever the correspondent you were talking about, you were talking about Americans seeking out, why would they go seek out this, you know, American food or whatever.
6: Yeah.
9: It reminds me of something I heard about. It was like about 200 miles south of the border down into Mexico. This woman was making a killing selling things like marshmallows and Velveeta cheese to rich, uh, fat Americans who were living, you know, it was like they're they're 200 miles away, they can't get anything, you know. so Right.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, you go to Safeway and there's the aisle marked Hispanic, and it's you know, and it, it, and I I always feel, I guess I, I always feel so bad uh, uh, for people who are maybe recently come to the country or they're visiting or something, and they're from me because the Safeway near my house has two sections. There's one labeled Hispanic and one labeled Asian, and each of them is like about a foot wide and about three shelves high, and it basically is three items. You know, it's basically jalapenos and, like, chipotle sauce, and, like, marzipan or whatever it is. And then, like, that's it. So, uh, you know, if that's the only store they're able to locate, I would feel so bad for them. So, I mean, you know, look, we... But is there so, another section for gringos? No, the rest of the store is all gringo food. So, but, yeah, so when, you know, you go to Mexico, look, if you, you, you might need some spray cheese at some point.
9: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lord help you if you can't find spray cheese. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you. Picking up on your
1: sarcasm, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Food. time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio.
10: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is
3: Tim Riley. Two Washington County Sheriff's deputies on paid leave while authorities investigate a fatal shooting in Lowa. Apparently, they uh, responded to this place after receiving a call that there was a drunk man, armed and possibly suicidal, this happened Saturday night. When they got there, he certainly was. As a matter of fact, the drinking, suicidal man tried to shoot the cops first. Shot several shots at the cops. So then they returned fire and just killed him, as one might expect. What is there left to investigate?
1: Well, clearly he had it coming.
4: Yeah. I mean, in the,
1: in our He's opinion, closed. in our constitutionally protected opinion, yeah. he had it coming. And where did this happen? Aloha. <laughs> you, know the, you know the joke.
4: I'm not even going to say the
1: joke. Aloha, mother effer! Aloha. <laughs> no. <see. laughs> okay. Well done. Well, I guess I should wait for them to be officially clear before I play the congratulations uh, uh, Portland Police sounder. No, they're not Portland Police. They're, they're not? Washington County Police. Really? Aloha's in Washington County. Oh, I wasn't really listening that closely. So, um, the... Uh, all right. Well, I'll wait. So, when they're officially clear, though, i will all play the little congratulations.
3: Okay. I do have another heartwarming story. About kids in Washington
1: County. That reminds me, by the way, I've got to get our uh, Joy of Christmas sounder ready, because those yeah. stories stories about people being electrocuted while stringing up lights mm-hmm. and so forth, and fathers plunging off of, off of chimneys, those are going to be starting any day now. Okay, go ahead.
3: When children were playing with a toy gun in the back of an SUV, Washington County deputies shut down TV Highway. Uh, somebody called 911 and said children were pointing toy guns at people as they drove down the road. Uh. So they blocked off Southwest 187th, and then with guns drawn and shields in hand, <laughs> they approach the vehicle, remove six people from it, and handcuff the children while searching the vehicle. Deputies uh, told the adult driver about a law that prohibits pointing a firearm, even a fake one, at other people. Have the children uh,
1: shown the That's to threaten, not real. That's a They would have been law. charged with a crime. That's not real. That is a made up law. Isn't it's, that stu- where Where is this? Uh, this happened on TV Highway, Washington County. So it's Washington County. That's not real. There's no law saying you can't point a fake gun at somebody. There might be. I think there might be. Does that county. mean that any kid, and I, I don't mean to sound all playing Scotty Cowboys Jay, but that's idiot. what I'm saying. Does that mean if you're a kid and you're playing bank robber or whatever the hell kids play now, you're breaking the law? Yeah. That but seems... you point it at somebody. That... Well, of course you'd point it at somebody. How else are you supposed to play? How else are kids supposed to learn violence? There is a law that prohibits pointing a firearm,
3: even a fake one, at other people.
1: I call BS on that, and it, that is a, that is either wrong, uh, you've either been given false information, or that is a drastic, that is, a, that is an, a, a misleading interpretation of the law.
3: Now, had these children shown intent to threaten, they could have been charged with a
1: crime. <sighs> Seriously. But the driver said she was unaware that the kids are up to this. Whatever. Uh, oh, by the way, I don't even know if I should play this now. By the way, speaking of us being fed uh, false information... So All I, I try to as often as possible. Well, it's funny you should say that, Tim. Mm-hmm. I got some great hate uh, calls over the weekend. I was checking my voicemail. I came in last night because I'm just that lame.
4: Hate so, calls. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So I was uh, so I was here last night uh, being uh, being a retard and catching up and checking my. So I got um, some hate calls from a woman who who hates. It's not at Sarah. It's just me and Tim. Hates Tim. Hates me. Um, Can we I hear it? Should I play these now? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's play the first one. The, I don't know which of these is funnier. Um I blanked out her number. Uh but uh let's see. Let me do this. Let's see. Here we go. This is let's see. Um oh, I don't have them. Let's see. Oh, is it do I have them in this folder? Oh, you know what? I'll have to play these. I'll have to play these later actually. Let's see if I've if I've got this. Uh no, nope. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a false alarm. They're in my other folder. I'll have to bring them down from upstairs. Okay. She's, she's a woman who is horrified uh, by this program and by Tim and I in particular. So I'll dig that up and I'll play that later. I did meet some people
3: like this over the weekend.
1: Really, really? At,
3: uh, at the uh, streets of Tannisport. <laughs> I was I was sitting in, in a uh, a coffee place and somebody came up and and said, "Oh, I have to take a picture of you." So he asked his girlfriend to go find a camera. She couldn't find the camera, so they had to use. Her uh, cell phone. In the meantime, all the other people in this restaurant are wondering just who the hell is that.
1: And uh, but they listen all the time. And I didn't write down their names because they didn't have a pen. Why, Richie, why are you typing on the screen? Amanda. Why have you just typed that? Why have you just typed that word on the screen? Richie just drew me. Just they typed on the screen just now. Amanda. I don't really know what that means, Richie. Amanda. Amanda, light of my life. God should have made you a gentleman's wife. Hello. <laughs> Amanda, oh, Amanda, okay, I'm okay, all right, he was busy, I, I'm sorry, he he was busy typing something. Amanda, who is a friend of ours, uh, 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 she's a friend of ours who went to uh, Roger Klein with us, blah, 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 blah. She knows about, uh, how do I put this? She knows how the man works. She knows the ways of the man. We'll just <laughs> put it that way. She said that apparently the th- it's not actually pointing the gun, it's that it was, quote, in a menacing manner. So the kids were charged with menacing, not with actually pointing the gun. It is actually that she is charged with menacing. Oh
2: my god! So you were just talking about your hate mail. I just got the first hate me email I've received in a long time. Really? Dear sir, is it fun to be an AM radio weirdo loser? Oh, can I say? B-
4: yeah, bitch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. The best fun- part is how you said it. You- <laughs> can I say can
2: I bitch? bitch?
3: Yes. Yeah. That's, um, that's b-hyphen i-hyphen t-hyphen
1: c-hyphen. Yeah. I
2: have a witch face, large sunglasses, bag your face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this no is from grammar. John
2: Lavel sit at A T and
3: That's That's, J
2: L A V A L S I T at A T T dot net.
1: That's hate speech. That really is. You should. You should. He's been menacing. We should charge him with something. I'm gonna write him back and say yes, it is fine. (laughs) Well, tell him that we'll be uh, curious to hear how he performs at his his radio program. At the
2: computer screen at this moment. (laughs) They just come. They come in like waves too.
1: I'm sure he's hilarious at his radio job. Mm. Uh, All right. well, I don't have. You can't a... have that hate calls. No, no, no. I, well, I I'm trying to find it here. I think I left it in my folder upstairs. Folder. Uh, so I got to. Uh, I got to find that's... it during the break and bring it back down. Well, I'll persevere till then. Hi, right. you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, all hail the beautiful Sarah. Thank you. Um, the witch face, baggy head Sarah. <laughs> yeah,
6: keep the
10: bag away. Yeah. Anyway, Rick, uh, when I was uh, living in Saigon, a bunch of us got wasted and tried that wine. Um, they called it wine. Um, it tastes like formaldehyde. Um,
1: it, it, uh, to be fair, we opened one. This is the bottle of hell wine, and you can see this at uh, myspace. dot com slash am970. We opened the one that already had the seal broken, and I, to be fair, I did not smell it. But the overpowering scent was uh, of ginger and death. Apparently, that was like a sort of a sort of like a uh, uh, like a ginger inside a coffin kind of a thing.
10: Be drinking before you start. You have to, but yeah. also keep those around because if anyone ever comes into your office and asks for a raise. Just bring it out and say, "Hey, have you seen this?" They leave quick.
1: Yes, yeah, seriously. Oh, you wait. can have a raise if you put this down.
10: So. Yeah, and also um, when it comes to serving pizza and uh, having places like TGI Fridays um, overseas, yeah, it's not for tourists. It's for expats who are just.
1: It's desperate. for the Alec Baldwins of the world who've uh, who've fled America but want to take America with them.
10: Well, I brought my wife overseas. We were in Korea, and she saw a place advertising. Uh, Chicago style pizza, great. We show up, we order a combo. Came with kimchi and, and uh, corn niblets.
1: I was talking to my friend Brent from the Muddy River Nightmare band. He was on tour in Japan uh, last year, and he talked about the weirdest thing. He talked about going to McDonald's Japan, and he figured, okay, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dumb American. I can get, at least get some, you know, some American food, and make me feel like I'm at home. And uh, he goes into Japan. He said he said the Japanese McDonald's, he said it's like you would order something there, and they have the picture menus. So he would point at, I think he said the Egg McMuffin. He pointed at the Egg McMuffin at the Tokyo McDonald's, and when he got the Egg McMuffin, it had um, um, it had uh, fish and seaweed on it. Yep. So it was like a regular Egg McMuffin plus fish and seaweed. Oh, and like a weird and a fish sauce on it as well. So he was like, even the McDonald's wasn't safe ground in Japan. So.
10: Hey, that's what happens when you go overseas. All right, thank, thank you, man. sir.
3: Bye now.
1: All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry
7: of Truth.
3: State Park officials don't expect the Willowa State Park to reopen until after Christmas. The Eastern Oregon Park closed after winds as high as 122 miles an hour severely damaged it. It blew down 30 big trees. And it's supposed to uh, rain here at 2 o'clock. And we might get some snow this week, too. A uh, car jammed at McMiniman's Pub in Sherwood yesterday afternoon, hitting several people and injuring two. This is at 15976 Southwest to Alton Sherwood Road. Happened at 345. Uh The sergeant there said the driver of the car was a 78-year-old woman who confused the brake with a gas pedal.
1: Of course. No, we get about three of those every month.
3: Then another speeding car smashed into a Coupe home last night. The driver seriously injured. It all started when the cops tried to pull over a driver at a routine stop around 8.30. The driver later, uh they found out his name was Randall Henry of Tamas. slowed down, let two passengers out of the car, then took off at a high rate of speed. And uh, deputies uh, were called to help after you read a red light, lost control of the car, and slammed into a house at 4711 Northeast St. John's Road. Uh Let's see. It was completely inside the house. The structure caved in around the car. I'm sure the homeowner loves that.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure
1: there's an insurance policy that will cover that.
3: Structurally unsafe, making a rescue difficult. Uh
1: huh. All right. Nice. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up?
9: Well, uh... I would like to share my uh, Cobra liquor story.
1: Uh-huh, okay.
9: <laughs> well, I didn't drink it. I'm going to be straight up with that. But when I was in Japan, I was at this bar, and it was a uh, it was a really nice place. I don't know why they had it, but me and my friend kept looking at this bottle on the shelf, and we were arguing over what was in it. And we asked the bartender, and she's like, well, here, and just grabs it. Slams it on the bar in front of us and like these scales float up from it it was the (laughs) grossest thing (laughs) i've
1: ever seen like (laughs) and the fact that the scales floated up like they've been (laughs) dislodged from the ooze at the bottom
9: oh it was it was it was horrible and we i'm like do people really drink this and she said yeah but They usually hold it down at first, but then it starts burning and they end up throwing up. Uh, I will will not be drinking it then. We
1: had this entire discussion (laughs) on Friday's program about bar food and about those brined pickled eggs that are all within the back shelf at a bar. And we were telling you, like, who eats those? Like, who sits down? And I think Rob from the House of Rick called up, and he was the only one. He's like, I love brined eggs. And he was the only one.
9: So, any... have to be really drunk, I think.
1: Well, and just and just the fact that there is this whole layer of sediment, uh, sedimentary ooze at the bottom in which the scales were lodged—that really is the. And let me let me just ask, let me ask the room right here. Hold on a second. Don't don't go anywhere. Uh, let me just ask the room. Of these two bottles, mm. oh, almost almost spelled that one. <laughs> which of these do you find the worst? The one with the scorpion and the cobra, or the one with the scor- uh, the garden snake and the cobra?
4: I think
2: the scorpion for me, because the tail's all wrapped around the bottom, yeah. and then it has a lot of that, whatever that stuff is, it looks, it looks wormy.
1: Uh, well, they claim that that is a ginger. I said it was a tapeworm, but they claim it it's ginger. It looks like a
2: giant tapeworm. That yeah. one with the giant tapeworm yeah. and the cobra and the scorpion.
1: Yeah. So Tim, which do you find to be the worst?
3: I agree because the, the poor unfortunate creature looks like this is my own Hanoi Hilton.
2: <laughs> Where, and it's scorp- like, pa- and that one's like packed full. Scorpions, of scorpion and
1: snake. packed with scorpions. This Vietnamese tequila really satisfies. Thank you, sir. Cheers. All right, there you go. Scorpions check yeah. in, but they don't check yeah. out. All right, here's Tim Riley, at the Ministry of Truth.
3: The Salem Police Department is uh, seeking help in identifying the people responsible for slashing tires on 60 cars in Southeast Salem. Bam. Now, uh, slashing occurred along uh, several roads. If well, one of them is your car, you know. Oh, you know what we missed? It was the 36th anniversary of the DB Cooper plane leap.
1: Uh, I did. We we talked nope, about it 24. just a little bit on Friday, but we didn't really dwell on it a whole lot. It was on the front page of the Sunday paper, though. Mm-hmm. And Ariel Washington, they
3: celebrated this. Uh, Let's see here. This year, the crowd was uh, full of D.B. Cooper Eh, lookalikes, bowls of D.B. Cooper stew, and a man whom the FBI interviewed as a possible suspect. Uh, Cooper was never found. We know the whole story. Uh, Let's see. A check of serial numbers confirmed it was uh, Cooper's money that was found uh, drifting in the Columbia River downstream in the coup back in 1980.
1: I have to tell you, the the uh, and I know that we talked about this just a few weeks ago, actually. But uh, I was thinking about this the other day. That was some chain of events in my head that got me thinking about the airport. Oh, it was that Wild Bill's Portland Poker headquarters just moved to a new location out by IKEA, by the airport. And it is weird, you know. The next time you go to PDX, the next time you fly out of PDX, and you you walk through that term, the terminal, it, just think about that fact. Think about that you are walking through the terminal, you know, that, that because that because that DB Cooper plane flew from here to SeaTac. Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's really weird when you're sitting there at PDX waiting for a plane, waiting to get on your plane, and you're thinking to yourself, however long it was, it 72. Yep. You're thinking to yourself, 25 years ago, you're like DB Cooper was sitting in this same airport somewhere. And actually, if we looked into it, we could probably figure out what gate it was. No, 71. 71. If we looked into it, we could probably find out what gate it was. But every time I go to PDX, I think to myself, you know what? Uh, Some years back, DB Cooper was walking down this same hallway. He was walking down this same, uh, uh, this same, uh, you know, on this same carpet or whatever. You know, it's just it's a weird thing to think about that he was right there at Portland Airport at some point. So, and, you know, before security cameras and everything, obviously. So it's just, it's a weird thing. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
11: Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Uh, Best Halloween costume ever. Would you like to know?
1: I thought you were congratulating me, and then I was (laughs) going to be offended.
9: (laughs) (laughs) No, I had a, uh, I had street clothes. Yes. Clown mask. Very, very fake plastic-looking shotgun. And it was so good, I got arrested.
1: Yeah, because you know what you look like there? Not so much like a clown, but like a guy who's going to knock off the Tasty Freeze. That's exactly. really what you look like there. So job well done, sir. That's not a costume that I would wear anywhere ever, because you really do just look like a guy who's on his way to uh, you know to clean out a liquor store somewhere. I saw it on a movie, and I said, "That's a exactly really." Can I just tell you this? I'd shoot you myself if I saw you. <laughs> if I saw you walking anywhere near my house, it, with the street clothes, clown ass shotgun, I would hit you on the back of the head with a shovel, and I would keep hitting you until you were dead, dead, dead. Just, just so you know. So I guess that is sort of a compliment in a weird way.
4: <laughs>
1: all right. Oh. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All right. All right um, oh, and you know, I know that we're all over the place here, but let me just play one one little thing here. Let's see. This is something. This is something I didn't get to. Uh, we I didn't even get these until Thursday after the show when it was too late. But guess what? I've got about fifteen of.
0: Hi, this is Amy Winehouse. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Well, oh. CBS Radio hooked us up with a whole bunch of um, uh, Thanksgiving Wait, drops.
2: Amy Winehouse?
1: Was that Amy Winehouse?
0: Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Amy Winehouse. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: What do you mean? Was it Amy I, Winehouse? I, 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 You you know, Are you thinking that there was a dropped um, consonant there? <laughs> God, are we, you're so? Mean were you thinking that it might be uh, her? Uh, way, you're a bad person. Do you think? See now, now I can't make the joke. You can't. I now see I can't make the joke because you've just. We'll dump it. That's too late. It's already gone. I'd have to dump twenty seconds. Do you want to hear the joke I was going to say? Yes. Yeah. Turn off the mics. See, that Please, would have been that, funny.
2: That's, that wouldn't have been funny. It would have been funny to that's me. That's like you saying the entire name. Hi, this is Amy Winehouse. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: It's, it's so great that she says drunk even there. They sent me tons of these. Some of these bands I don't even know. Who is... Let's see. Who is uh, Sean Kingston? Do we know who Sean Kingston is? No. Sean... No, Sean Kingston. He's some guy. Hey, it's your boy Sean Kingston. Wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd had this last week. Okay, I didn't even get this until like Friday at five or Thursday at five p.m. Susan Reynolds gave me the hookup. It's not her fault. I I just didn't see the link.
4: Are we so old?
1: I gotta play this one more time. Hey, it's your boy Sean Kingston. Wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. To all y'all. Um, uh, let's see. God. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Who wants to hear one more? I do. I got a ton of these. Uh, Let's see. Um, Here's one. Let's see.
0: What's up? This is Sully from God Smack. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) I will have no voice or career in 10 years. What's up? This is Sully from God Smack. Happy Thanksgiving. All
1: right. The best part is you can tell... That those are totally excerpted out of larger sentences or like something that they did for another radio station. This one and the Amy Winehouse one both, you can tell he's about to say something else. What's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Happy Thanksgiving. Your guess is too high.
2: So they probably cut it for one station to make it exactly ID. This Sean Kingston guy is
1: huge. You mean like he's blowing up? He's No, he's quite obese. Hey, it's your boy Sean Kingston. Wish I'm everybody huge. happy Thanksgiving. See, yeah. Maybe that's for a couple. Yeah, the oh, he's a lark Oh, I see. Yeah, he's sort of the, uh, the so that's uh, the, the, that's he's the uh, he's the, the the more of him to love. Yeah, he's a person of size.
2: Just lots of videos of like you know anorexic pretty
1: girls
0: grilling. Of course. Him. Hi, this is everyone. Winehouse. happy Thanksgiving?
1: <laughs> and see, the, and then she's starting to say something else too. <laughs> it's so ghetto. I know it is, it's all I mean, it's giving I, Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's the no wastebasket? Here's... <laughs> <laughs> she is the wastebasket. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Snuff Watch. Uh, here's your Snuff Watch for uh, uh, Monday. The Rick Emerson Radio Program.
3: Okay, all you 80s kids, pay attention. Kevin Dubrow, the lead singer of the popular 80s heavy metal band Quiet Riot, found dead inside his Las Vegas home. 52, the body was found last night around 5.20. The singer formed the band in 1980, shortly after the original bandmate Randy Rose, left the group to join Ozzy Osbourne. In 1982, Dubrow changed the name of the band to Quiet Riot in their debut album, Metal Health. It hit number one on the charts. The first metal band to accomplish their feat with a debut album. While the band enjoyed the success of their initial album and headlining tours, they never achieved the same level of popularity with their later releases. Despite the decline in record sales, Dubrow continued to record music with Quiet Riot, and the band released their most recent album Rehab in
1: 2006. Uh yeah. So there you go. And I uh, think nobody knew why he died, yeah. Well, they must but they're not I, I mean and I am you know and uh, again I don't know anything. This is simply my speculation, my my uh, editorial uh, input on this. I mean it, it I, I, I mean the gut just says. The gut just says suicide. I mean that's just the that's just the way of it. Especially because um uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm not trying to overstate Quiet Riot's place in the in the rock pantheon. I mean, I you know, I'm not trying to do, like the Beatles or anything. But it's again funny because we were a talking about Quiet Riot specifically on Friday. I was telling this story about getting a fake ID um, for which my for which my fake ID name was Jason McMaster, who sang for Dangerous Toys, uh, just so I could go see Quiet Riot. And I mean, I own yeah, but I think six or seven different Quiet Riot records. And you know, you know, their, their fortunes really rapidly declined, but. The thing about Quiet Riot is Quiet Riot falls into the same category as uh, Billy Ray Cyrus or Vanilla Ice, where the first people to ever really popularize a type of music always get a moment of success, and then they get mowed down. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is another great example of that. Billy Billy Ray Cyrus had Achy Breaky Heart, huge hit. I mean... But those bands, acts like Billy Ray Cyrus and Vanilla Ice and Quiet Riot are like sort of one-night stands where the country gets drunk with them, buys nine million records, and then doesn't want to talk to them again. Which is especially damnable when you consider the fact that an example of Billy Ray Cyrus, who had that huge hit, you know, some gave also nine million copies. And everybody sort of laughs, now. oh, Billy Ray Cyrus, icky, bricky heart, that sucks. But, you know, the reality is in modern country music, everything sounds like Billy Ray Cyrus or Garth Brooks. I mean, everything that comes out now that doesn't sound like Garth Brooks sounds like Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus was ahead of his time, really, truly. Um, and so, but the, you know, it's just like Vanilla Ice, you know, the, the Vanilla Ice really did help create an entire genre of pop-oriented rap. But again, because he was one of the first ones to do it, he just got it cut down. Quiet Riot uh the first uh, it, it generally accepted to have had the first number one metal album. A sort of pop kind of metal, to be sure, but a metal album that went number one. Uh, it, you know the big gang vocal sound and the big sort of leather lunged guys, and you know the big arena football sort of chanting choruses. Um, but you know they, they just—it was impossible to top that single. Uh, the record company didn't help matters by forcing them to release uh, another Slade cover, because uh, you know Come on Feel the Noise is a Slade cover. Uh, you know, on their second album, they had to do another Slade cover. And Kevin DeBrow, frankly, didn't help it matters because he was just a dick. And he was, you know, had a by his own admission, had a Coke problem and shot off his mouth all the time, trashed his record company. Here's how smart Kevin DeBrow, and I love Kevin DeBrow. I really do. A great singer. I'm really proud to say, I'm happy to say that I met him. I've talked to him in person once or twice at radio stations. He was a cool guy. Um, but he was just. The, the guy was his own. The, the worst enemy, and this I'll do this one little riff about it and then we'll be done because I know that probably nobody cares about Quiet Riot that much. Uh, it, but he was just his own worst enemy. They, he would just go, uh, like when, when, when Condition Critical and Mental Health were, were out, I mean, he would go on tour with Ozzy Osbourne and they would do nothing but trash Ozzy Osbourne on stage and in interviews and in the press, and it's just stupid. You just don't do that. And he would trash his record company in the press every chance he got. Uh, You know, And he just had a vastly overinflated sense of his band's own place at that time. And eventually everybody just said, kind of, F you. And here's the best, saddest, funniest Kevin DeBrow story ever. Here's how much of a dick that guy was. And keep in mind, he formed the band. He wrote um, most of their original hits, uh, almost all their original material he wrote. Here's what a big jerk Kevin DeBrow was. This is how bad he was. That on tour many years ago, um, the band just had a secret meeting in the hotel room without him, in the middle of the tour, decided to dump him, and they left him at, I think, a rest stop. Um, They went to a rest stop, I think it was, or a bathroom break somewhere. He gets out, goes to the bathroom, and the band just takes off. Like, F you! And they just, they dumped him in the middle of the tour. They they literally got him off the bus or whatever it was, and then ran, drove, sped away without him. That was how they kicked him out of the band. Um, So this is the Lord's Revenge. Well, you know, maybe. So anyway, but they, you know they got back together and continued to tour. You know, continued to put out records every year. I've seen Quiet Riot live. Um, I think five times or something. They always put on a great. I saw I saw them once. It was like thirty people. It's like a big. It was a club that held probably five hundred. There was maybe thirty people there. To their credit, they played the whole set and they did a great job. And uh, you know, so uh, but you know that guy just always seemed. Just so uh, you could tell that he just had such, a and I mean this in, a, in an okay way, because you know whatever it's show business, he had such a huge ego on him. It's such a huge ego, so much like a huge amount of pride. And I just, it, in a weird way, I was just amazed that he hadn't. If he did, in fact, kill himself, well, we don't know that. But I was amazed that he hadn't done it years ago, really, because I just, I just figured that guy's ego was so big. I don't know how he could have taken the, the 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 fall off. So. In any event, uh, you know they did what they did, and their their place in rock is uh, is assured. But I um I can't really think of anybody else from my generation. I mean, the obvious examples of like Kurt Cobain, notwithstanding, uh, who's dead. I think he may be the first sort of big '80s rocker to die. I can did anybody else think of anybody offhand like oh. a big '80s rock star? Because like it or not, they were huge for a long. They were the biggest band in the world at one point. I can't really think of anybody else, and he won't be missed. <laughs> Try to be all poignant. Tim, screw him. I like how you are now figuratively driving away in the tour bus. His band literally did it. Tim is now figuratively driving away and leaving Kevin DeBrow's body in a ditch. Well well done. So uh, anyway, well, for me to you, uh, I'm glad you were here for the time you were, my friend. Farewell to Kevin DeBrow. There's your snuff watch for uh, Monday on The Rick Emerson Show. Well, let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break.
3: Bill, all right. Uh, You know who's mad at the Fox News Channel? Somebody who has no right to be, because uh, the Fox News Channel has been behind uh, Fred Thompson's uh, reluctant campaign for the longest time. Who? Fred Thompson. Who? Fred Thompson. Who's that? He's the guy who spoke on Fox News yesterday. Oh, he was I we have a couple of minutes right. left
1: about your situation
3: in the polls. Because there is a buzz mm-hmm. out there, and you know it, that your campaign has been disappointing.
7: And uh, we have a, a, the, a poll that shows that you've actually dropped 10 points in the this latest is. Fox News yes. national poll since you came in in, in uh, September. But it's not just the numbers. So I don't know how... Well, you you mean, know. I just made a <laughs> question, mm-hmm. and you can make
1: mm-hmm. what you want. Uh, it's not just the numbers. I want to
3: show you what two mm-hmm. conservative commentators had to say about your campaign this week. Your who name? is this?
9: It's a long message and a weak messenger. Other than those few things, it's a great campaign. Thompson offers the folksy manner of a consistent conservative, but there's not anything there there. And in the absence of something, you can't win.
3: Senator, I suspect you've gotten a few bad reviews for movies or TV shows in the past, but that's pretty tough stuff. How do
10: you know it's, it's a lot of the same kind of stuff that I heard when I first ran for office when I was 20 points down. Unfortunately, I wound up 20 points uh, ahead on election night. Uh, this has been a, contra- a constant mantra of Fox, to tell you the truth. And I saw the promo for this bill, and I think it was kind of uh, for this show, and it was kind of featuring the New Hampshire poll. Let's put things in context a little bit to start
1: with. We really don't have been going after- I don't have the attention span for this. So, you know, he's just a non-factor. He's a non-issue at yeah. this point. Uh, well, he wants to be kind of a Ronald Reagan type of thing. The media has already decided it's going to I mean, be Giuliani. Well, Kate, now, can you see him being the vice presidential nominee for Rudy? No. Okay, never mind. It's not going to happen then. Forget it. Forget it. It's better off with someone from Quiet Riot. Screw him. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey,
11: Rick. Hey. We got an 80s rock star that offed himself. Okay. Michael Hutchins, oh. I think is his name.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess maybe rock in a different kind of sense. More of a pop star. Well, yeah, maybe, was, he enough. did it
11: with that auto-erotic stimulation.
1: Oh, like you don't stuff. like you don't know what it is. Don't play coy with me. Well, I
11: heard Lycus like talking about it the
1: other day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sure he was very vague about
3: it. <laughs> Thank too. you. Bye. I'm told to try. I got more.
7: Uh-huh. I
11: got more. Yeah. Last Monday, Sarah was talking about a local on-air personality
1: drunk. Wait, hold on, hoping... hold, hold on, hold on a second. Okay. Hi, this is
0: Everyone House. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: All right, go ahead. <laughs>
6: uh, I'm wondering if
11: she'd give us some more uh, uh, hints.
0: Clues hi, this is Everyone it... House. Happy Thanksgiving. No, I we
4: could, can't I do that. I couldn't this. understand that. Hi, this
0: is. No. No. Oh. Bye now. All right. hi right,
4: there you go. Well, there
0: hi, this is Everyone House.
1: What? There aren't that many local person. That is true. Really, how many people could we possibly be talking about? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
9: Uh, I got another uh, dead '80s uh, rock and roller for you.
1: Yes, sir.
7: Um, uh, Robin Crosby from Rat.
1: <sighs> oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yes. I was thinking Warren D. Martini for a second, but yeah, Robin Crosby.
7: Uh, yeah, he blew
9: his second fiddle to Warren D. Martini, he, and he used to. He used to, and God rest his soul. But he used to because he wasn't a very good player. He used to use the line. I tend to play the more,
8: like, bluesy stuff.
1: <laughs> that's totally a cover, too. You're right. That's completely a cop-out. Um, completely. My friend Jerris actually has a great rat story where this is I, – I hope, and I apologize to Jerris if I tell this wrong. I hope I get the story right because Jerris tells it way better than I do. Um, Jerris was at a club somewhere, and – he hears this rat music playing on stage, you know, round and round or whatever, lay it down or something. And so Jairus is in the bathroom, um, not to work blue, but he's at the stall doing, you know, taking care of business. And he, you know, whatever, and he's a little lit, uh, and there's a guy next to him using the next stall next to him. And Jairus is, again, you, know, you know, had a few, and so he's just out loud. It's like, man, who's this terrible rat cover band? These guys suck. And the guy next to him gives him the hard look, you know, just gives him the, 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 the you know, the hairy eyeball. And Jairus is like, yeah, this, this Rat Coverband blows. All right, I gotta go. And he like walks off. He realizes later he is actually standing there using the stall next to, next to, uh, next to Robin from from Rat. Seriously. So there you go. Yeah, it's like he was. And uh, which begs the question, like, what was he doing in the bathroom when Rat was actually playing on stage at the moment? But uh, yeah, but he was actually uh, he was actually in the bathroom. Uh, next to Jairus, and Jairus was then dogging the actual rat who were on stage without him for some reason. It's all very Uh, strange.
9: That that makes no sense. I know. know. He would have been playing, so your friend was lying to you. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> That's
2: actually
9: what
1: I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's well, maybe I'm mang- mangling the story, but it has to be because how could maybe may it was like... after they'd finished that? Please start the story again. May, well, see, now I want Jerris to call in and explain it. Maybe it was that. Let's talk about this story over and over again. <laughs> I'm just saying I want because I because I do want to get the story right because it was really funny. Maybe it was that the band had already played, and Jerris was like dogging them after the fact. But the guy was like totally gave him the hard look when Jerris was like this band sucked. So, uh, but then it was the guy from Rat. So it probably was afterward. But you know, it's just it's one of those it, 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 where it, it, where you can't believe either the band is like playing like that venue. So there you go. Well, sorry, Jerris, I mangled your story and made you look like a big lying dick. Sorry about that. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What can you do? I'll play us in the break here. Uh, we'll just do a little bit of this. This is actually from an album called. Uh, the Randy Rhodes years. Uh, This is Quiet Riot. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You stay there. We'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. We continue next. Radio program. It's 503 oh, 733 we haven't played any holiday music. Uh, we'll do that uh, later on. Maybe next break we'll play some holiday. We've got one by, re- by request. We'll get to. Uh, also, a great top five coming up today. We'll spin the wheel of time. Uh, we'll give away a Led Zeppelin 6 disc pack uh, today. Song remains the same on DVD and CD and the Mothership 2 disc collection. Uh, we'll do that. I had a whole. Did you see this thing about the 10 pound uh, hairball? No. Who wants to see a picture of it?
3: Is it in a bottle? No. Oh. <laughs>
4: Can you drink not. it?
1: That looks like a beaver.
4: Yeah. Beaver.
2: That does look like a beaver.
1: Yeah, you know why it's shaped that way? It's because it came out of her intestine. Oh, oh That explains it
2: is one of those freaky hair-eating people again?
1: It may not be the most appetizing reading before a hearty holiday meal, Sarah and Tim, but the New England England, Journal of Medicine is devoting part of its Thanksgiving issue to a giant hairball. The prestigious journal details the case of a previously healthy 18-year-old woman who consulted a team of gastrointestinal specialists. She complained about a five-month history of pain and swelling in her abdomen, vomiting, and a 40-pound weight loss. After a scan of the woman's abdomen showed a large mass, mass, doctor lowered a scope through her esophagus. There was a large bezoar occluding nearly the entire stomach. Now, I thought bezoar was sort of of like a demon or something, something like a, a, a golden calf. Oh, apparently it's a ball of swallowed foreign material. On questioning, the patient stated she had, yes... A habit of eating her own hair for many years. Seemed like she'd been doing this for many years. And by the way, Aaron Geek in the City, the woman underwent surgery to remove the mass of black curly hair, which weighed 10 pounds and measured 15 by 7 by 7. There you go. Holiday eating. Uh, Here's uh, Tim Riley. Samson Parker
3: stood what had been a cornfield, calm and relaxed, and he stood there smiling. Behind him was a rusty old corn picker that almost took his life, but settled for his right arm. You see the the machine didn't take his arm outright, it just grabbed hold of it and wouldn't let go. Well, it it's only when sparks from another machine shut the uh well apparently this field was set on fire.
1: And I don't understand anything that's going on. First it was his arm, then it was a fire.
3: Right. The machine grabs his arm, then starts a fire with sparks. And he faced the prospect of being burned alive, and he did the only thing he could to save his life. (gasps) He cut the arm off. He cut off his own arm with a pocket knife. Well, wow, well done. I'm doing great, he said. (laughs) Doing really well. Except
1: for the missing arm and so forth. (laughs) Uh,
3: He hasn't destroyed the machine that nearly killed him. He's made peace with the machine. On Sunday morning, I came out just before going to church. Made a little prayer. I said to God... I explained it doesn't bother me a bit. Stay out of arm's way. Tucker had been harvesting corn that day, and some stocks got stuck in a set of rollers that shut the corn. He reached in the still running machine to pull the stocks out. Bad move. And the rollers grabbed his glove and then his hand. He tried yelling for help, but there was no one near the isolated field in Kershaw County, South Carolina. So for more than an hour he tried to pull his hand free, only to have it pulled even further oh. into the machine. Oh. Oh, this is great. He was able to reach an iron bar and jam it into a chain and spark it that drove the rollers. And with his fingers growing numb, he pulled out a small pocket knife and started to cut his own fingers off to free himself. Jesus Christ. Well, before he could do that, the spark had grinding against the rod, oh, jam threw uh, off sparks and set the field on fire with his hand still stuck in the machine.
1: Well, this trip can't
3: get any worse for me. My skin was melting. It was dripping off my arm like <laughs> melted plastic. oh. <laughs> So I told myself I'm not going to die here. I kept fighting. I kept praying. Can I just
1: tell you? Just let me stop for just a second. <laughs> really I halfway through this early on in the story, I questioned whether it was really worth reading because I thought, well, okay, arm pinned. We hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see the fire, the field getting set ablaze, mm-hmm. and then his skin melting off like plastic. Well, jo- well chosen, Tim Riley. Okay, go ahead. Well, anyway. Ha-
3: had it not been for the fire, I would have lost my life. He said. When he got to the bone, he dropped him to the ground, using the force of his own weight to break the bone and free him from the machine. When he got up, a tire exploded on the corn picker, and the force of it threw him back five feet and free of the flame. Oh my God! When I did get loose, I jumped up and blood was spurting out of my arm. Page two. Injured as he was, he got into his pickup, started it, and drove out to the highway. Jesus. Where he parked and tried to wave down passing traffic for help, but nobody stopped at a guy with his arm bleeding. Finally, he pulled his truck onto the middle of the road to force the car to stop. Even the motorist drove onto the shoulder to get away from him.
1: Drove onto the shoulder.
3: Well, finally, kind-hearted Doug Spinks drove up and stopped. The first responder used to dealing with emergencies, Spinks... Uh, said he was taken aback when Parker got into his truck and the extent of his injuries became apparent.
1: Taken aback? Sounds like he'd taken an arm. Mr. Spinks stopped the bleeding and called for
3: help. But he was afraid that his efforts weren't going to be enough to save Parker's life. His skin was very gray. Uh, he lost a lot of blood. I was very, very scared. But Parker wasn't going to give in, not after he'd done all, to save his own life. He held on until a rescue helicopter was called him and taken to the hospital. He spent three weeks in a burn center before going home to his wife and three children ages 31, 26, and 18, nursed them back to health.
1: Are we done? I think so. It really wasn't the corn picker's
3: (laughs) fault. It was my fault. Just a mistake I made by what I did.
1: (laughs) I stuck my arm in where I shouldn't have. Uh, the worst part of that is not uh, the arm caught in the uh, corn picker or the fact that every time he tried to yank it free, he got further entangled mm-hmm. or the fact that the field caught on fire around him or the fact that his skin was, quote, melting off like rubbery plastic. The worst part of that is that when everything melts down to the bone, he has to jump up and down to snap the bone off to get away. That's the, really the money sentence there. Oh, well, you know what they say, Tim. What do they say? No arm, no foul. <laughs> Zing. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
11: Oh, my gosh. That is brutal.
3: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yes, it is.
11: Uh, again. Well, no. Later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the second worst story ever. Material. What's up, sir? Um, well, I had two things. You know what's cool? Bragging on yourself. Yes, thank you. Two. Um, I have a hundred thousand volt stun gun at my house that I originally got for my ex, but now she has a thirty eight and doesn't need it. So I was thinking about bringing in a hundred thousand volt stun gun. I could,
1: so much in this in this call, I don't even know what to work with. Um,
11: a stun gun. It's not a taser. It doesn't yeah. shoot barbs. No, I know. It has fish hooks, and it's not illegal. It has to make
1: contact with the skin. Yes. Now I you don't say, need
11: it, so Well, I figured I'd bring it in and give it to Sarah.
1: When you say, well, let's stop. When you say you, you bought it for your ex, uh, was this for business or pleasure? She had some guy following her at oh, work. Okay, all right, fair enough. So, Sarah, so I figured,
11: Sarah, you
1: know. Sarah knows, Sarah can identify with that.
11: <laughs> creepy, creepy. Yes. And I also have an Ace Freedley toy that I had acquired. Really, what kind, sir? I don't know. He stands there with a guitar, and he's got long hair, big boots, painted face.
1: Uh, Is he wearing? uh, Does he have? Is he holding a blue guitar? I believe so. Uh, Flying V. Yeah, excellent. That's a fan. That's a Todd McFarlane uh, toy. That's a they actually. That's a discontinued line. Excellent.
11: Well, I was also going to bring that along with it if you wanted it. Well, because I'm not the biggest Kiss fan, so I mean, I got Metallica toys, but
1: we got a lot of uh, observations about the stun gun. Um – do me a favor. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie's going to get your contact info here, and then uh, we may be getting in touch with you because Richie's going to talk to us a little bit about his stun gun experience in the next hour. So I'm okay. going to put you back on hold. Thank you, sir. There you go. Richie, if you want to get that guy's contact info, we'll uh, move forward to that maybe in the next hour. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
3: Well, Antoine, the dresser. Microphone
1: totally off. All right. Antonio de
3: Grazio says he's been tasered more than 50 times and never felt the worst with the ordeal.
1: Is this a taser watch? I guess it is. Yeah. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, here is your taser watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show.
3: So this fellow owns a company that makes taser guns. He's Anton de Grazio, and he's been tasered more than 50 times and never felt worse. Uh, Apparently, he went to the French government and offered to taser all the leaders, including the French
1: president. I don't don't understand. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, he gave a uh, surprise blast to the stun gun to French far-right politician Jean-Marie Le Pen and offered to test dose Nicolas Sarkozy before he became the French president. Uh, the Taser friend's chief said that he endorsed more than 50 Taser shots during tests and demonstrations for the gun. You really can't feel the pain, he says. Uh-huh. Uh, he wants to sell more of these. Uh, taser International says no deaths have been attributed to the new gun and that the controversy is caused by a misunderstanding of the new technology. <laughs> sure, sure. It has won more than 50 legal cases in the United States alleging the gun was linked to a death. Right. If electricity was to kill, it would do so right away, said the Taser
1: inventor. Sure, it's all a misunderstanding, just like in the day the Earth stood still.
3: Now in Canada the man carried on strangling afterwards when he was hit by batons and the police uh knelt upon him. You can also die from being hit by a baton knee straight on. He said this device saves lives.
1: Uh-huh.
3: the uh, Grazios it's... French company is also developing a mini flying saucer with drones that can also fire taser stun rounds.
1: Okay, that's just wrong. First of all I don't even know where to begin. First of all, A It's this... a taser lobby. It's <laughs> A the fact that there is now a taser lobby is mm. fantastic. And do you suppose the NRA, like does the NRA concern themselves with tasers? Are tasers covered under the second amendment? Does Charlton Heston have a taser? I these are, I don't think Charlton Heston has uh anything anymore except a big supply of plastic pants. Um the uh I I just these are all things I legitimately wonder like are tasers considered a gun by the NRA? Does the NRA, they probably do, they're nuts. Uh, and I say that, you know, fine, whatever. I mean, everybody's got their thing. So, some folks are just into a lot of shooting and killing. So uh, they're probably covered by the Second Amendment. But I, the, the idea that there's a taser lobby. Here's how you know the tasers probably are covered by the Second Amendment and the NRA. Because he's starting, He, you can hear all of that saying tired. Uh, and again, I'm not an anti-gun guy. I don't care. I'm just saying the NRA's got like one playbook they use. And you can hear him doing it there where he says, well, people die from batons, too. Should we ban, though, which is, of course, what every gun guy says. When you point out that maybe he doesn't need an AK-47 to hunt deer with, you know, or something, and he'll go, well, you know, every year 15 people are hit by falling coconuts. Should we ban trees? So that's how you know that that's part of the case. Also, did he say that he is working on a, quote, flying saucer that shoots tasers? That's correct, yes. That is so badass. It will save lives. I, of course, <laughs> I don't care if it saves lives or not. It's just badass. Let me just read It'll this. It'll be used on rioting crowds also. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just let me read this very quickly. This is from Canada. A man who slipped into a diabetic coma on a bus was shot twice with a taser gun because police mistook him for an Arab suicide bomber. Nicholas Galbert, 34, had left work and was on his way to meet friends when he suffered a hypoglycemic attack. Uh, that's in your blood sugar. On the top deck of a bus in Leeds, when he was found slumped in his seat at the end of a journey, clutching a black rucksack, the bus driver became suspicious and an armed police unit was called to action. Officers boarded the empty vehicle, which had arrived at a bus depot, and when the helpless man was unable to respond to their instructions, you know, because he's in a coma, they tased him twice with an electric stun gun. When he later came to uh, came around handcuffed in the back of a police van, he thought that he had been kidnapped. Oh, Jesus. Imagine how terrifying that would be. You're in a coma, then you're tased, and you wake up in the back of a vandal shackly. Um, he was then told he had been ar- uh, arrested because he, quote, looked Egyptian. There you go. Excellent. There you go. That's uh, that's your taser watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson
4: Show. You got
1: Oh, before we do anything else, and we'll just kind of roll through this here on KCFD Portland. Let me. Uh, oh,
7: it's called Sex Panther. Oh, by
6: Odia. I don't really like that oh, sounder,
1: but I have nothing better. And the other one's like an hour long. The the the, the one that uh, let's see, where's the where's the one that Randy made? Oh
2: yeah, that's like forty seconds long. The, the,
1: Randy's is good. It's just it's a little lengthy. I might work. I might try to cut that one down. Uh, somehow. Let me see. Where's the, uh, where's Randy's? This is um, time to musk up.
8: What cologne are you going to go with? It's called Sex Panther by Odion. It's illegal in nine countries. It's made with bits of real panther, so you know it's
1: right. Hold on. I'm going to stop the sounder right here. I
2: smell it from over here. Dude, what are you? you <laughs> did you like bathe in that today? Okay,
1: you are wearing a lot of Sex Panther I'm, today. I'm sorry,
2: dude, but I can smell you from here.
1: I think I speak uh, for all of us when don't think, I. You smell like cologne. You don't smell bad. Look, you don't smell like sewage oh my or anything. Lord. Two
9: squirts today.
1: Uh, two—that's one squirt too many, at least. What like kind of cologne ago, was it? What it was kind? the tester? But I mean, what? What? what, what do you know the kind? Uh, I don't even know it. Just pick it randomly up a shelf. Just pick one. You're like sort of an like a cologne alcoholic. You just grab a bottle at random. <laughs> <laughs> I
9: didn't need enough to get me through the day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you ought to just skip the oh, metal man and yeah. just drink Stetson. Alright, um mm. now take a walk upstairs and see how many of the chicks follow you back down. Oh god. <laughs> you know it's your you know it's pheromones, dude. All right, so
7: Richie, I know you can't help. That you? No, it was two. That's, no, a minute two, ago. A minute ago. It was two before. One before I got here, it, it, and one inside the. That is a That's powerful not one. You're
2: wearing
1: a lot of cologne. You really are. I. Um...
2: Man, I mean, and you and I aren't even close to each other. I'm about six, seven feet away from
1: you. Can I ask you a delicate question? uh Oh. No, no, no. I, and I mean this, and I, and I don't wish to. Uh, I don't wish to offend. Okay. Um. It, it, and now, let me back up. You wear a lot of cologne because you have no, and people think we're kidding, but you have no sense of smell. And you once inadvertently had a lot of body odor at a station event, and so you live in fear of that. So you. He didn't carry... even
2: have a lot. Just somebody told him that. Somebody told him. It yeah. could have
1: been just screwing with you for all you know. Twice. Well, in any <laughs> event, but you Two carry.
2: People or the person same Two different
1: times. So, though... the, so you don't wish yeah. to offend. So you carry cologne. You figure better too much cologne than too much body odor. Right. Now, okay. which is interesting because, and 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 again, I don't really know anything about anything. But now, I am. Um, I had been I have been told, and this was a thing I've actually heard in a few different places, um, that people who are of Asian descent often have very little body odor. That it is it is a thing. No, it has to do with sweat glands, and it has to do with the placement of sweat glands. I don't wish to be. I'm not trying to peddle whatever. I, there was a whole thing about this. Don and Mike actually did a whole segment about this about years ago about um, c- uh, cologne and deodorant, and they had an intern at the time. Um, who did not wear any deodorant. And they were, like, freaking out. They are like, why do you wear deodorant? And the intern said, well, um," you said sometimes people of Asian descent have uh, – their sweat glands are not as prominent as people of European descent, and it has to do with climate and the need for your body to disperse uh, perspiration from different areas of your body. And he explained that in his experience, people of Asian descent often had um, very – uh, low amount of body odor as compared with Europeans. <laughs> so is that just a bunch of crap in your opinion? Is he making that I smell bad. <laughs> That's, uh, you don't. Totally smell opposite. Bad. I sweat. Okay. Thinking right. about it. Right. So just thinking about it, you just begin to exude stink.
7: Yeah, like right now, I want to start sweating.
1: All right. um Please don't think I'm being an ass when I say this. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Have you? No. no, no, really, honestly, I think I'm saying what we're all thinking. Have you considered, and I don't mean for this to sound jerky, have you considered just bathing every day and, and then too. making, and then, but then antiperspirant? Now, is, is your sweat just so strong that it just burns through
7: antiperspirant? Well, that, and I don't know if my clothes are clean or not.
1: Here's how you that know.
2: That is very frustrating because that's true. He can't just pick up a shirt and smell it to see if, like, it's one that he's worn over you know, multiple times in the night. Especially I,
7: no. station shirts. Well, I, I don't know which ones which. No,
1: I guess that is true. I was going to say, well, you'd know if you washed them. But I mean, to be honest, who among us doesn't rewear clothes occasionally? Well, Tim doesn't probably. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah and I, we wear rewear we our clothes, and of course, we just smell it. But you can't do that, I guess. So you have only two choices: you can the cologne, or just oh, it, it never wear anything that didn't just come out of the dryer. Right. Huh. Good luck. Have you thought about maybe instead of cologne for breeze? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk. But, I've. Febreze is sort of a neutral scent, and at least compared to cologne,
2: Febreze is good.
1: <laughs> spray yourself with Febreze. Oh yeah, I got some in my office right now. You can spray. I mean, really? I heard you heard you heard you can spray your hair with. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we okay. I got a big bottle in my office right now. Uh, listener dropped it off. I had this listener drop off a whole pack of weird stuff, like an Art link letter record, and like some plastic dinosaurs, and like a bottle of Febreze. Ooh. I got that in my office and bring it down right now. I use it on my sofa at home. Uh, you know, okay, like if if Max is on the sofa, okay, you spill something, Fabreeze it. I've used it on my clothes, obviously. So I might try that, and it is largely scentless. Um, they not entirely scent free, but certainly compared with cologne. Uh, and then we did have that girl last week who offered to take you um cologne shopping, so we may take her up on that. So, well, that really wasn't even what we were going to talk to you about. We were going to, boy, that's powerful. Um, <laughs> have you thought about drinking some of this ginger cobra maybe to uh, to take a little uh.
2: Oh, yeah, that one's more disturbing, too, because the ginger is like, poking out of the top, too. Yeah. That's going to, if someone takes a swig from that, that cobra head might bump their mouth. Now,
1: uh, do d- 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 you know anybody who <sighs> has consumed, if not this bottle, like, this stuff? I've this? heard rumors. Really? Uh, you, so you don't really know anybody firsthand who's consumed this weird, uh, this, this, like, Vietnamese tequila cobra stuff? No. This huh. is Asians. All right.
3: How about somebody like John McCain would?
1: probably totally, totally, this is, this is totally, he would we'd probably, that's all we had to drink at the Hanoi Hilton. And he just put it down now. Stabbing with spears. Him and, him and, him and Karen Allen just sitting there at a table in Siberia, just putting over shot glasses. Um. Okay, well, on Friday, Aaron's going to be in. And we're going to be working up to this, but I think on Friday there's going to be some sort of a drink-off, maybe, between Aaron and Boba Fett, if I can get the appropriate release form signed. Yeah, make sure they
2: <laughs> sign everything, because who knows what's been fermenting in that. Really? Well, like, all of the poisons and...
1: Seamus is already offering 50 bucks to whoever drinks uh, the entire bottle, but that's not going to do it, my friend. That's not no. going to drink. That won't even cover the ER visit. That will not even cover the pumping of your stomach. The entire... Th- oh. You can see, by the way, what we're talking about at myspace.com slash am nine seventy.
2: What would be even worse than seeing that with liquid in it is seeing it completely drained with just the things left in oh. there.
1: Oh. Hey, how much for somebody to just
7: eat the Cobra? Oh,
6: my God.
7: Yeah. That be gross. Ugh. Eat the cobra sounds bad. Totally. Eat the cobra. <laughs>
1: Let's not do that part.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: buy the ticket. Yeah. Crack the worm. Ride the snake. Uh, so, what the hell were we going to talk to you about? Oh, the stun gunning. So, we got so much to catch up on. Um, by the way, the hate calls are not going to be played right now. We're going to wait on that. We're having a discussion about it during the break. I'm going to wait. Maybe later in the day we'll play the hate calls. So, those, we'll try to get to those before the day is over. i got all of this stuff to get to. More news with Tim here in just a minute. Uh, later on, Rachel McGrath, top five. A bunch of notes from this last weekend to get to, uh, the Zeppelin giveaway. Um, okay, so this uh, stun gun. I don't even know how to approach this. A, you, Richie Bristol, have been hit with what, a taser or a stun gun? Stun gun. And that's the kind where they got to hold it to your skin? Yes. Okay, how did this come to pass?
7: Uh, you, when we were younger, we used to get two liters of uh, coolers. I don't know if they have them anymore. Like California time. cooler? Yeah, yeah. Like two liters. And we'd go up to Council Crest and make out and stuff like that. Anyway, I was with this chick, and uh, we were underneath the blankets, really cold, and I had a start getting your, getting your sex on. Uh, trying to, at least. And I kept on putting uh, my whole, cold hand way. somewhere. I, I kept on putting my hand somewhere, she kept on telling me to stop. It wasn't like I hit a home run with this chick before, but I put my my hand Holy somewhere. Holy cow, I think
1: he's going to make it. I put my hand somewhere... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> really cold. I'm going to sit down. Hold on. Wait, <laughs> she was... So the, the place
2: where you put the hand was really cold, or your hand was
1: really cold? My she, hand did. was really cold. She was a zombie. <laughs> yeah.
7: um, Her body was cold. No.
1: <laughs> we should just let him keep talking. <laughs> you, are, you are gold. Oh no. Uh, okay, so let's back up. Okay, you and now was it just you and her, or you and her and a whole bunch of people? Uh, me and her and a couple other crowd, couples. crowd of folks. Okay, young people. Uh, doing what boys and girls do. So you you got coolers. You're up where wherever Council Crest.
7: Yeah, over We're by th- the the station. Uh... Antennas way up there. Oh, really? Okay, by the towers.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, so you, so it's cold. You're making out, trying to get your groove on. She keeps slapping your hand away, as
7: girls do. Uh-huh. All right, and then wh- how did this pr- proceed? Uh, basically, she got me. <laughs> the thing you know, is, is I'm laid mean? out on my back, and my muscles are all tense. And wait, wait whoa, so you
2: I don't understand. What? You were up there making up with the making out with the girl, and you were so aggressive that she tased you?
7: I guess. But it wasn't like we had already. Got all the way before she just didn't want me to put my cold hands somewhere and so. I so just as a method. gag, she
1: tased you. Wait, hold on. Let me let me stop. Is this a girl that you'd already slept with? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't like you were uh, uh, like like you were trying to be. How would I'm trying to think of a culture pop culture reference? Said Harrison Ford in American Graffiti. So you'd already slept with her. So it wasn't like uh, you were trying to force yourself. It's no. that you had ice cold hands? But of course, that is no impediment to a guy. Like, a guy doesn't understand any of that. Like, to a guy, there's just no excuse that it, it, it cuts ice, so to speak. So you kept putting your cold hands in a delicate area. A warm spot. <laughs> that is so disgusting. That is really oh, not. The small of her back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you kept putting your cold hands on her, and she kept saying, take your cold hands off me. You kept saying, the baby. <laughs> R- Richie's got to have it. And then, where was the stun gun during this whole
7: time? Was it like within reach? I don't. We were under our blanket, and it, it like why would the stu-
1: why would the stun gun have been within arm's reach of her?
7: Maybe oh because she was going to go to the bathroom or something. She wanted to go off by herself, and I said, well, there's a stun gun in the car. She wanted it. I think she went to the bathroom. She came back. I Maybe she didn't put it back. So she had the alley. stun gun
1: with her because she was going off, and maybe if there was an animal or a, somebody while she went off to use the bathroom. That right. does make sense, actually. Okay. So she has the stun gun because she's gone off to use the bathroom off in the woods or whatever. You guys are making out. You repeatedly keep putting your freezing hands on a, on an area where she on doesn't the want them. On the small of her back. Uh-huh. Um, and then she just had enough and tased you?
7: Yeah, I... All I remember is my muscles tensed up and I'm laying on my back and she hit like the inside of my leg really close. Oh! To, and if it wasn't cold, we would have checked for an afro or whatever because you know your hair raises when you get was shocked.
2: Was it? Uh, Wait, so did she do this humorously or was she like freaking out, like get away from me? Well, after that, I was pretty upset. But, but I, mean, I mean, did she?
1: In other words, how what, do I put this? Um, okay, let me tell you a story. When I was <laughs> no, this is a little side. No, when I was in high school. Uh, there were used to be this thing called the epilady. And I don't know if they still sell the epilady or not. Sarah, epilady? No. Nope. Do you know what that is? No. Tears hair. Sarah. The epilady is a thing <gasps> that, that women use. well then, it's like... a, yeah, but it's like a spring basically. It's like an incredibly tightly coiled. It looks like a curling iron. But it's got this loop that is a very tightly coiled spring, I think. And you drag, you run it along your leg, and it's like, you know, you'll be hairless on your legs for at least a month. But what they don't tell you is it's because it grabs the hair in the spring and tears it out. Ah. That's why they're no longer in the market, because women are like, that's a great idea. And then they used it, and they're like, F that. Um, the marketing made it look painless. It was not painless.
2: It's just ripping out your leg hairs one yes, by
6: one?
1: basically. Oh. It's like, a, it's like an auto-plucker, basically. But the marketing made it look like it was just a smooth, easy way to have hairless legs for, you know, whatever, a month. But they didn't tell you it's because it just tore the hair out. So my friend Michelle bought one of these, and she was re- She hated shaving her legs. She's like, you know what, I'll suffer through it. So she's there, and she wasn't nude or anything, but she had, like, shorts on, and she's, you know, she's, like, epilating her legs, and she's, like, cringing. Her boyfriend uh, had um, kind of tight, curly hair. She's epilating the legs, and she's going like, damn, 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 F this. And he was making fun of her. He's like, oh, come on, quit being a sissy. Can't hurt that badly. And in, like, one smooth motion, she took the epilady and just put it on his head. Oh. And, I mean, and it just tore a strip of hair right off of his head, and he never said S about that again. So, was it like that where... Like, do you suppose she, when you got tased by this girl, do you suppose she didn't know how badly it hurt, and so she thought it would just sort of be like a joy buzzer kind of a thing? Yeah, like
2: you know, because I yeah, have. Yeah, that sounds no. That's like things that girls do too. Like you think it's joking, you're messing around with a guy friend, you kick him in the crotch. And yeah, like, and, you, and, you oh, and you don't and you know. You don't
1: realize how like yeah. you're
2: acts, you're like causing them to feel like they need, they're gonna die. Yeah,
1: well, it's like I have that thing at home that electric fly swatter. And it's like you electrify it, and then you hit the flies in the air, and it zaps them and kills them. And you're know, like, oh, I'll be wacky. I'll hit my friend with that. And you don't know, realize it's like electricity, and it freaking hurts. So she was probably thinking, oh, it's, it'll be a zany little, uh, you know, zap, like a little a little shock. And then she hits you with a stun gun. Now, it, 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 did it knock you unconscious or just disoriented?
7: Uh, it tensed all my muscles up, and it felt like I pulled muscles in my leg. And
1: my... Were you sore for a long time? Uh, Yeah um did the area on the inside of your leg how close to your uh business was
7: <sighs> it felt numb in the whole area but
1: i mean the area of where she touched you where was that inside of the thigh yeah was it fine. close
7: to the business yeah, yeah it
1: was oh man how glad how glad are you that she uh did you suppose she even aimed or did she just jab i don't even know oh anything. man that's <laughs> god's good luck smiling on you right there oh i if was... she just jabbed oh imagine if she hit the business uh, it was quick though. It was like bang, I was done. Did the area itself where the where the taser touched you did that hurt more than the rest, uh, <laughs> or was it just numb? It worked really. But I mean, but I mean, if it was on the inside of your thigh, like did that exact
7: spot hurt a lot more? Uh, you could see indentions where she had stuck it. Oh, dude. Uh, and how That's long? Tricky. For how long were your muscles messed up? The next day, it felt like I worked out or something. You know, like you because yeah, because it just
1: it just makes you seize up
7: totally and completely,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, and so what did you, I mean, when you regained, you know, like, some sort of, a, like, power of speech and thought, like, what did you say to her? First, I was really mad.
7: <laughs> really? I walked off like I was going to leave her and leave all my friends. I was pretty...
1: Yeah, well, being So tased, are you still friends with her? Uh, I haven't seen her in many, many, many years. Yeah. Well, being tased, that's a serious business. You don't want to... No. I mean, so on a scale of um, 1 to 10, this is how they do it, I think, at the hospital, 1 being not at all and 10 being the worst pain you've ever felt, where is it? Uh
7: seven or eight really not a 10 no it's so short-lived i mean once you get over the tenseness of your muscles it's... is it more painful or um an unpleasant
1: weirdness it's it's weird like uh, Sarah was talking about that dog collar the shock collar um because she had uh was testing one of those at one point because of the dog and blah 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 and like the dog collar doesn't hurt as such it's just a it, it just feels wrong it's just an unpleasant wrongness so is that more like what the stun gun is? Yeah, it's, it causes pain in your muscles
7: for like a day or so, depending on... Ugh.
1: All right. So that brings us up to today. Now, where did you... And I did have a chance to read this email this morning. Did you say we have the sheriff is wanting to come in and stun somebody? Uh, I'm asking... Which, if where it, are,
7: you know, are we? They're asking when do you want to come in? When do they want to come in?
1: So now, do they have somebody they would stun, or do we have to provide the victim?
7: I was seeing if they had a waiver so they could do it, and they said they don't think they're likely to be able to do that. So they don't, because sometimes I you know the cops have to tase each other before they're allowed to carry those. Yeah, maybe we can get them to do
1: it. <laughs> that might be nice, actually. We should find out if the cops are going to be doing another sort of, again, before they're allowed to use pepper spray, they have to take it. Before they're allowed to use mace, they have to take it. And I think before a cop can carry a taser, he has to be tased so he knows what it feels like. But you should find out if they're doing one of those. And if not, then the next step is we'll talk to Susan Reynolds and see if there's any level of indemnification that would be sufficient for CBS. So, uh, all right. Excellent. Okay. Uh, All right. Thank you, Richie. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. Who should be tasered? Oh, I got a long list of people. Oh. That's just so weird. That is weird. I have to say this, really, uh, and this is no disrespect to anybody. Were you a little bit afraid when Scotty left that we would never find anybody who was gold like Scotty again? (laughs) No, everybody has their own quirk. I know, but you sort of forget about it, and then Richie starts talking about no sense of smell, being tased. Uh, I mean, you know, he sweat Brings thing. I mean, bottles of tequila. Yeah, with animals. With food. yeah, with scorpions in them. All right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth.
3: I was just looking at this uh, DB Cooper money that's for sale. What? DB Cooper money for sale.
1: Th- this was some of the money they found. Yeah. Uh, are they selling it uh, by individual bills? or? Apparently
3: so. It says make an offer. They have full bills and partial bills. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now available to the public. Own one of the legendary bills offered.
1: Is this certified? How would you know this is real?
3: Let's see here. May, uh, the only bills ever verified by the FBI as part of D.D. Cooper's ransom money.
1: Don't give the URL. No. <laughs> I have to have first crack at this. Oh, my God.
3: See, they have the serial numbers and everything. So you email your offer.
7: Are you kidding me?
3: Would I lie to you? I don't make things up. I, I always
7: just... have my facts
1: straight. Sort of. A... Oh, uh, we're gonna have to figure out a way to play these hate calls later. Um, I am all over that. I mean, my wife wouldn't let me get a John Wayne Gacy painting last year for Christmas, but DB Cooper money. Uh-huh. Who can? I mean, who can quibble with that? I am all over that. Uh. That is so badass. Okay, honey, if you're listening, that's what Rick Emerson wants for Christmas: DB Cooper money. So, uh, or the John Wayne Gacy painting. Uh, that is so great Fantastic uh, Hey who wants to hear Some more Thanksgiving sounders I know that today Is a little uh, Fragmented Oh we've
2: got plenty of time Until the break
1: Yeah Well we have We just, I'm just saying Today is fragmented we got all of this stuff That's stacked up
2: Well nobody's up. head's really
1: into work In the game no. anyway Anyway uh, Let's see Oh here's one for Sarah Dillon Hey this is Mark And this is Ronnie From the Killers Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> Alright there you go Wow Um Oh
2: didn't uh... Well yeah Well my friend is
1: Answer. doesn't doesn't that have special significance for you because hi
2: this is everyone. house happy
1: thanksgiving never mind <laughs> i'm just trying okay fine Trying to be a little little levity uh hold on here's another one yes yeah, your boy camillionaire wishing everybody out there a happy thanksgiving okay <laughs> is that i uh, camillionaire i believe i guess a guy and finally and this one's for you tim riley oh wait hold on uh
0: Hi, this is Rick Springfield. Wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. There you go. That's the best
1: one right there. That's my favorite. It's the if my favorite. My favorite is either uh, my favorite is either that one or uh, this one. Hey, it's your boy Sean Kingston. Wishing everybody happy Thanksgiving. All right. There you go. <laughs> uh, that I like is, that just sounds big. Uh, no, he really does. He just he sounds like a sounds like I a person mad. of girth. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, this is the last night you
3: can see Marie Osmond dancing with the stars. This is the last time they get to dance. The last time even the friendly, uh, family-friendly Osmond got mildly risqued in the mambo, part of her skirt was playful.
1: She, she got risqued in the mambo? That's all right. That's the most painful mm-hmm.
4: place
3: to be risqued. Uh, part of her skirt was playfully ripped off by her partner, exposing more than a bit of Osmond leg. Really? And she returned the favor by grabbing his... Tear away sleeves. That is hot. The Skippy costumes are a staple of the show. Uh, so t- tonight's the uh, last night to see them dance, and the uh, the outcome will be
1: tomorrow night. For a minute, I thought you said the Skippy costume. No. They're all dressing up as Mark Price. <laughs> that would be funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, 1%. All right. Oh, Dick Cheney has an,
3: uh, a regular heartbeat. His condition was detected when he was seen by doctors for lingering cold and a nagging cough. So... Who knows what they're going to do to him next? There's nobody. I mean, he's going to live for it.
1: Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, uh, it's Tim
7: Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth... This is Tim Riley. Breaking news. The vice president's office says
3: Nick Cheney has an abnormal rhythm involving the upper chambers of his heart.
1: Should this be a Cheney watch? Ladies and gentlemen, here's your Cheney watch for uh, Monday of the Rick Emerson radio program. Every time I see you in my way,
6: baby, baby, can't you hear my heartbeat? Baby.
3: President Cheney has a nagging cough and cold. So to the doctors this afternoon and they find out he has an abnormal rhythm involving the upper chambers of the heart.
10: One of the precipitating factors is cough medicine and cold medicines because it has ephedrine in it. It has something that makes the heart beat more rapidly. So if he were taking cold medicines, it could have precipitated this.
3: Yeah, so he should have. Here's some advice for the vice president.
10: I would advise this patient to remove himself from a stressful situation. But this situation is likely to repeat, and it could only lead to a devastating consequences. So I would have suggested that he really take a step back and take it easy.
3: Yeah,
1: it seems like he should. Uh, seems like he should ease down. That's gonna
3: happen. Yeah. So, so he's going to undergo an outpatient procedure this afternoon to correct it. They should take their time in doing so. Of course. and he's gonna be sent home. Because it's a very tricky operation.
1: And you know what? And we of course wish Dick Cheney and all government officials a long life and the best of health, don't we? Absolutely. Okay. As we always do. Of course.
3: Uh, Pat Buchanan has come out with a new book entitled Day of Reckoning. <sighs> this is like his last book, which says America's coming apart, decomposing, and the likelihood for her
1: survival is improbable. I was just gonna say, isn't this every single book Pat yeah. cannon has written since nineteen eighty five? I mean really every ever since he lost that bid for the presidency, every book is like that America is the you know in the last days decline and fall of the Roman Empire, blah blah, blah. yeah
3: yes u s wages are stagnant corporate CEOs are raking in rising pay and benefits four hundred to five hundred times out of their workers. and there's nothing we can do about it except read about it in books. uh European Americans they're shrinking, I guess they're getting shorter. By 2060, America will have 167 million people and 105 million immigrants, tripling the 37 million today. So get used to it. Uh, To prevent America from becoming a tangle of squabbling nationalities, he urges no amnesty for the 20 million illegal aliens. A border fence was from San Diego to Brownsville. Congressional, Dick, none of this works anyway. (laughs) Get used to it. Genius. Okay. He's not going to be around for that period of time anyway.
4: Okay. Uh, at
3: least uh, 20,000 U.S. troops who have not been classified as wounded during combat in Iraq and Afghanistan have been found to have brain injuries. That, according to military and veterans reports provided by the Army, the Navy, and the Department of Veterans Affairs. The creator of the Girls Gone Wild video series says he was tortured during his stay. Torture? Mm hmm. In the County Correctional Facility in Oklahoma.
1: I barely knew her.
3: Joe Francis facing tax evasion charges. Francis! He spent two weeks in the Hoos Cow while awaiting transfer from a Florida jail to another in Nevada. I'm sorry, a Florida, where? Mm-hmm. All
1: right.
3: Yeah. The 34-year-old says a jailer threatened to strap him naked to a chair and claims he was denied medication as well as social visits.
1: Jailer? I barely knew her.
3: An attorney for Francis says his client was told he was being shipped to Nevada and disposed of his clothing, blanket, and hygiene products in preparation for the move. Who knows? Uh, the strained relationship between Marilyn Manson and former keyboardist Stephen Pogo Bear is no better after the axe band member levied more legal action against the singer. The New York Post reports Bear filed complaints last week, citing additional items in which Manson allegedly squandered the band's earnings. He claimed Manson spent all the money buying Alaskan masks made of human skin. A full skeleton and a four year old Chinese girl. Well, what can you do? The singer made her into a chandelier. This doesn't make it.
1: Are you kidding? For the record, by the way, Uh, do you want to know? This is um, I'm really uh, I'm always split on Marilyn Manson because I in many ways, he's just like a poor man's a
3: a full skeleton of a four year old Chinese girl that the singer had been into a chandelier. he's,
1: He's a poor man's. Trent Reznor meets Alice Cooper, so I always Please feel he's
3: not biting the head off of birds.
1: I, I always feel that Manson is was given way too much credit, because again, everything he did, Trent Reznor and Alice Cooper did before him. By the same token, he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. knew how to market himself, made a lot of money, pissing people off, mm-hmm. whatever. Hey. Do you know this is why I love Marilyn Manson in a weird way? Do you know what his response was to this allegation? And this is a quote. This is from. This is a news quote. When the court filing said, Marilyn Manson spent the man's earnings on the skeleton of a four-year-old Chinese girl. Manson's response, this is true, was, he said, that would be awful. That's over the line. For the record, it was a Chinese boy. That was his response. So, I got to love that. Okay, that is I didn't know that wrong. he made the skeleton into a chandelier, though, really. Yeah. Well, look, I got a skull up in my up in my office. Who am I to make assessments? Really, you don't know who that belongs to. No, but that's what I'm saying it In a way, that's even worse. I don't know the province. Can I just tell but you it's this? It's a better place. Look, let me tell you. I've got a skull in my office, and I've got a bunch of pickled cobras and scorpions in a bottle in front of me, right here on the counter. Mm. Who am I to criticize Manson for buying bones? Really, honestly, I mean, I'm in no position to criticize at all. Well, those are given by an adoring public. Yeah, no, it's true. Can we move those? No. Here's Tim Riley.
3: Pepper spray failed to uh, deter Ingrid Marie Rivera, who beat 29 rivals to become the island's 2008 Miss Universe contestant in Puerto Rico.
4: I'm trying to wake you, up You, I hope to God you
2: shatter one of those and it goes all over you. I'm hoping, Break down
1: your shirt. I'm hoping the cobras will wake.
4: Wake my babies. No, okay. Sorry.
2: You are so weird. I can see you playing with these things
3: all weekend. That could be part of a Vietnamese curse.
4: a little ricky-ticky-tappy thing.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I'm clinking these together. Take that, you Yankee dog. <laughs> clinking these together, and the next thing I know, I go up to my office, and there's a 50 foot scorpion sitting on my chair, just jabs me in the eye. <laughs> with pointy spears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. All right. Get a poison dart in the
3: neck. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. I didn't finish with this. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. pepper sprayed uh, Miss Puerto
1: Rico. Oh, yeah.
3: They want to find out uh, who's responsible for dousing her evening gowns with pepper spray and spiking her makeup, causing her to break out in hives. Uh, The police are handling the investigation. I've seen everything now. Uh, Once backstage, she had to strip off her clothes and apply ice bags to her face and body, which swelled and broke into hives not (laughs) once but twice. (laughs) I thought it was an allergic reaction, perhaps nerves, but the second time we knew it couldn't be a coincidence. It is tested positive for pepper spray. Somebody stole her bag containing her gowns, makeup, and credit cards. And a bomb threat forced pageant officials to postpone the last day of competition. Is everyone bored with this story? Yeah. I thought so. Let's do one more. End of story. Uh, Let's see here. Let's uh, talk about uh, kids because this being the holiday season, everyone cares about kids and their self-esteem. A new study by the University of Minnesota finds that teens are craving material goods and placing their self-worth on what they have. Professor Deborah Roder John said the problem sometimes starts in the tween stage.
5: Early adolescents that are about twelve to thirteen, the materialism spiked so much, it's sky high at that age. And the other interesting thing, of course, was just this precipitous drop in self-esteem at those ages.
3: Well, fine. Uh, did you know that this is Healthy Skin Month? Uh, yes, uh, this is dermatologists using this initiative to uh, raise awareness about psoriasis. What about it? The new advances are a
11: little more selective and that they target the better understanding where the immune system is
3: overactivating. Ms. Sarias' patient said her life was devastating.
11: When I would try on clothing in a dressing room, people would look at me and I was actually told I was not supposed to be trying on clothing because the tendon in the dressing room didn't know what it was and was not familiar if it was contagious, which it's not, and I was asked to leave.
1: You have to wear a bell. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, next hour, here's what's coming up. Top five. A fantastic top five, by the way. Uh, CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Uh, and uh, more about these, uh, the scorpion in the jar. Uh, let's see. Something else that seemed really interesting at the time. Oh, i got to talk about it. That's more than enough. Yeah, I know it's true. Uh, We will have to do this next video rodeo uh, tomorrow. So, all right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, As we go into the break, uh, we're going to send the thoughts of the Rick Emerson uh, cast, crew, family, audience, everybody, out to Jesse and to Damian Haste as well. So uh, this is from uh, all of us uh, to Jesse and Damian Haste. So uh,
4: the thoughts of the Rick Emerson show are with you. So back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay there.
1: Seven three three two nine seventy. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. All
0: right. Um, well, hold on a second.
1: Hey, Richie Bristol, can you see if uh, Fat Boy is here from uh, Rock One Hundred and One KUFO? And you just uh, do me a favor and look into the presence of Fat Boy.
2: I saw a picture of you from this weekend.
1: A Fat Boy or me?
2: Of you is, and a Fat Boy. Is it the
1: one of me and the uh, Heather. Uh, Heather's a dog, but. This about, Heather's a total dog. Heather is a dog. Uh, Heather is Why Diana's. Why do you just talk
2: about Heather like that? She's such a nice girl. Nothing.
1: <laughs> picture of Heather on my lap trying to lick me. Uh, it's a cute picture. No, she's. I think it's a Scottish Terrier or whatever. It's Diana's dog. There was this moment where I was sitting on the couch, um, and uh, Max was sort of, and so the two dogs You look all
2: scruffy. I've never seen
1: you not shave anything. I hadn't, well, I didn't shave. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Mm. I went, like, five days because I didn't to screw it. Um, but so I'm sitting there on the sofa, and there's like, Max uh, and, and uh, Diana's dog are both there. And, you know, Max is going to sit in my lap. And so I'm sort of pinned down because Max is on me. And then Diana's dog, Heather, jumps up on my chest and begins trying to do the full lick on the face. And I'm all pulling away, like, oh! It's like that picture. I've met Heather before. She's adorable. Uh, she's a great dog. It's like that picture of Lowe when Rob from the House of Rick was trying to kiss him, and Lowe is full-on pulling away. It's like that, but it's like, yeah, Diana's dog going, and then trying to get the full on liquid, you know, just right on the face. Uh, I'm assuming that means there's no fat boy. I saw Richie walk that way, and then I saw him walk uh, back. He has not been seen yet. All right. Well, then we'll have to wait, actually. Uh, this bit was going to involve him, but it'll have to wait. Um, well, let me read a couple of these emails. Uh, and then we got Rachel McGrath coming up here in a few, and then we'll do the top five as soon as we talk to Rachel so we can kind of, I want to make sure we get to the top five. Um, I'll skip this thing about the in-room porn, uh, and just doesn't seem like the time. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 let me, uh, okay. Well, let me do this. I got all these emails about the tequila. Let me read this. Rick, in all honesty, I have worked in the medical field on and off for a number of years, There's a very good reason you don't find stuff like that Vietnamese tequila, which, by the way, you can see at myspace.com slash am970, uh, in your local liquor store. There have been noted cases where the parasites live in the snake bodies that can make whoever drinks it sick and, in some cases, cause death. You can build up immunities to these parasites if you've been exposed to them on and off your whole life, like if you've spent your life living in Vietnam and have been exposed since birth. But hitting these things raw can have very big consequences. I am curious how you guys got something like this. Past customs, they tend to snatch this stuff up. Just a friendly word of advice, do not drink the tequila. So uh, that's actually a good question. Um, okay, uh, Richie Bristol, if you would join us in the studio, and then we're going to... You're
2: act, not going to play the sounder?
1: Uh, we're No... Uh, Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. And then we will ask you a question as, as we uh, conclude the segment with uh, Rachel McGrath here in a second. Let me, uh, with the...
6: Uh oh.
8: Time to musk up. Mm-hmm. What cologne are you going to go with? It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. Oh, wow. It's illegal in nine countries. It's made with bits of real panther. panther? So you know it's good. I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline.
2: This is the longest thing
1: ever. It just seems longer every time we play. We'll talk to Rich in just a moment. Let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, the city of angels, an angel herself, Rachel McGrath.
5: Hello. <laughs> I, I never know what I'm going to get with you. What does that mean? I don't know if it could be insults or compliments or something that masquerades as either.
1: Rachel, when have I ever insulted you? Please, no. <laughs> no, I mean this sincerely. I when have I ever said anything that was not uh, that was not complimentary and polite?
5: Oh, you've always been complimentary and polite, but sometimes I sense of tongue in the cheek.
1: Now, is this? Uh, do you believe that I sometimes and you'll forgive my cultural stereotyping? Do you sometimes believe that I'm exuding sort of that brittle uh, British politeness underneath which is a cauldron of seething loathing? Yeah, that's about it. That's not it. No, we dig you. Uh, it's just that maybe I am projecting a little bit because I sort of feel like a, I sort of feel like you come on and you sort of view your uh, your sequences, uh, your segments with the Rick Emerson show, is a little bit of a, a tedious chore. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. See, the thing is, I don't even care if you're serious or not. Either answer is fine with me. That's wonderful. Excellent. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so... Come on.
5: Let's get get this over with. Come on. Come on. Fantastic.
1: Uh, so uh well let me ask you this first yes. of all To the best of your knowledge is a are writers in uh in the uk are they unionized the same way they are in America and if so is the is the union in the uk just as completely unbelievably weak as it is in America because the union here is just completely ineffectual
5: mm, Margaret's actually got rid of all the unions in the uk so you know. there you go um I, I don't i don't know if they're unionized or not i know journalists are unionized and sort of producers and stuff. I'm not sure if the writers are. I do know that um, that there's been a kind of discussion in the UK about um, whether or not um, British writers um, should be writing for Hollywood studios while the American writers are on strike um, and I think they've decided that would probably be best not to because there might be a bit of a backlash I, <laughs> so... I,
1: I know that in, a, in, a, you know, in the American Hollywood system the writers it is almost a cliche actually that writers are just the lowest rung That writers are just no respect no money they have to fight for every penny you know and it's such an atavistic society out there anyway they just get as Marilyn Monroe once said they just get the fuzzy end of the lollipop uh, all the time so uh, well where I mean I is this just going to remain the status quo until the holidays are done, or are they doing these weird midnight mm-hmm. bargaining sessions? I mean, what's going on now?
5: Well, yes. Um, they announced before the Thanksgiving holiday that um, the two sides would get back to the negotiation. Uh, negotiate. Yeah, I can't speak now. The negotiating table is what I mean to say. Um, and and they have um, each side has separately uh, met with arbitrators today, and they're supposed to be meeting this afternoon at an undisclosed location. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a big news blackout, so we don't really know what exactly is going on but we believe that both sides will meet for the first time face to face since the writers uh, went down on strike on november the 5th and uh, you know we'll, then that's all and that's all we do know insiders though industry insiders say that they think it could still be weeks before any deal is hammered out and of course you know if you actually get them into the room together who knows maybe the insults will start flying again and they'll walk out
1: here's a dumb question. Is it true? Do you suppose the studio is actually making or at least saving lots of money with every week the strike goes on? Is there any, because, I mean, people are still watching. Advertisers are still buying time. They're just not having to pay out.
5: Yes, but we do remember we've just been through the November sweeps and during the sweeps periods, audience ratings um, are um, are uh, recorded and it's on the, the, that basis that the advertising revenues are, are set. The advertising price, what it costs to uh, advertise during a particular TV show, that's set by what the suites ratings are. Uh, well, the suites ratings have been down because of a lot of repeats. We've also seen the share prices of some of these um, parent companies, the big corporations who own the Hollywood Studios, dropping as well. So uh, it is costing studios money. They may not be paying paychecks, but it is costing them money perhaps in advertising revenue and, and also the, the faith of the shareholders in, in the companies is also a little dodgy right now.
1: All right then, Rachel McGrath, always a pleasure, regardless of what your small, still inside voice might tell you. And <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. You too. Right, bye bye. There you go, Rachel McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was the news. I of think she's warming
2: up. I think that it was just—it's just been a misunderstanding.
1: And let's be honest, I'm not trying to say, you know, about the glory of us, but again, just think about how many jackhole DJs they have to talk to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, it's funny because you know, I don't think you were here last year when we talked about this. Um Remember how we had the opportunity to talk to Patton Oswald, and I passed because I didn't really know who he was. All I knew about Patton Oswald was that he was a comic and he'd been in Ratatouille. And I'm like, well, I don't want to front like I'm some big Patton Oswald fan. And you and, and I think it was whoever was Trasher or somebody had said, "I can't believe you don't know who Patton Oswald is. and And I had passed because I'm like, well, I don't want to pretend like I'm a big Patton Oswald fan if I don't know. Fast forward to last week, when I was doing when I was driving up my friend Nate Baker, he's like, hey, I know you're going to be driving in your car. Here's some and Oswald CDs, you know, so you can see what you, what the guys like. I listen to, and I hate comedians typically. I hate them. I hate almost all comedians. They're all terrible. I got to tell you, uh, I'm not going to go on and on about it because I know that I'm late to, par- to the party on this. I listen to and Oswald CDs. That guy is a genius. And I mean, on the one hand, I kind of regret that I didn't talk to him. On the other hand, I have heard from Fatboy actually that he is Patton Oswalt is so burnt out from radio interviews that his interviews are terrible. Not because he's not good, but because he's just so sick of doing them. Because of, because of comedians of comedy and then Ratatouille, they just burnt him out on the mm. road doing interviews. But I got to tell you, uh, he ever comes back through town. I mean, I'll definitely do it next time because I've heard his comedy now and I can say. I mean, he is like I never thought I'd say this. Patton Oswalt is John Stewart meets Sam Kinison. I mean, it's brilliant. He is. Touched by something a little special. So if you get a chance to check out Patton Oswalt's uh, comedy, I do encourage you to do so. Richie Bristol, so people have asked about this um, Vietnamese tequila with a Cobra and a scorpion in it. How did you I'm get this you past... I'm thinking you to put it back up. Really? Yeah. How did you get this past customs?
7: Uh... Theoretically. They stopped us in customs and they didn't like the fact that they had like 50 lighters.
1: Not you, but your friend uh, Robbie Bristol.
7: Yeah. Oh,
4: that's so wrong. They
7: opened up our luggage and we had like 50 lighters and they were more concerned Why about that. Why did you have
4: 50 lighters?
7: I was collecting lighters. They had a whole bunch of different types of lighters. You know,
1: but it, food for thought, maybe that's just a little, uh, in the future, that's a little uh, diversionary tactic. They you worked. know, if you're smuggling napalm. Look at all these lighters. You oh. know? So. Sarah, Sarah is obsessed. Now, did you say I am
2: you, obsessed with this.
1: Which one did you find the weirdest? The one um, with, the, um, the, scorpion one with the, scorpion the scorpion or the one with the garden it's snake? It's just more yeah. packed
2: full of badness. Do you want to smell it? No. Okay. Yes. No. Kind of. Yes. No. Yes. I do.
1: Okay. It's, ginger. All right. It smells amazing. I've, Only I've, if
2: you smell it. I, really I did. I
1: smelled it on Friday. And if you,
2: if you, like, swish that t- thing toward I'm me not... or, like, shove it in my face, I will punch you. I'm going to hand
1: it to you. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Would Rick do that? I'm
2: scared. Okay. I'm
1: going to set it over here. I'll let you walk over. Are you going to open it? No, I'll let you. I, no, because I don't want you to think I'm going to screw with you somehow. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I. don't but think I, that you do that? I know, I'm just Can you saying. Open it, though? I don't wanna... Wait, okay. Come over here. I'll let you uh, stand by my mic. All right.
2: Okay. Oh, I don't know if I want to do this.
1: My hands keep. Richie, will you do this? My hands keep slipping off the. Uh... All right, take, take a I just smell. You've got to either do it or not because it's okay. open.
2: Oh, that smells like alcohol. All right. Oh, it smells bad. Yeah, I think I
1: have it on my fingers. Not touch the button. Touching my skin. It puts the uh, tequila on its skin.
2: Yeah, that smells like very, very potent alcohol.
1: Yeah, uh, with ginger and scorpion, F- floating scorpion. So they're going to actually pickled, drink that pickled cobra. I don't really know the answer. Has Aaron that. seen it? Oh, he was here on Friday. Richie brought it on Thursday. Because here's the thing: because on Thursday on the Halloween show, Aaron brought Romulan ale, which is you know potent. Um, and then court brought in real absinthe from, I think, Scotland court brought in some, the real deal absinthe. And Richie was just like, you know what you got? And Richie totally was like, (laughs) Richie was badass about it. Richie was just like a gunslinger. He's like, you don't know. And he just like (laughs) pulls him back out like guns, like pistols out of his holsters. Richie's like, check this out (laughs) on the counter. And then he's just like,
7: bam, done. I'm out. No warning. You just brought these to work. No, well, I, they were talking about it, so I had somebody go get it for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't know. He, Richie did not tell us what he was bringing in. Richie was just like, look at this, boom, Brooklyn, you know, and he just put it down and, like, it, you know, for the win. So it is unreal. So, again, I encourage you to go to uh, uh, myspace.com slash AM970. And and our thanks to Richie, who's been maintaining that site really well, by the way. Uh, I wonder how many views that video has had now. I do not know. I encourage uh, – really? Really? I don't know, I could look again. <laughs> I uh all right. Um Tim Riley, if Tim Riley, if you can hear me. Tim Riley, can you hear me? Uh if you can uh come to the studio if you might i well, I'd like to do the top five here. Uh A so I can make sure we get it done, and B because uh we are start to talk to Fat Boy later on in the hour. Uh, and I want to make sure we don't are out of time. This email says, this is from Aaron, maybe Fatboy is still feeling the, sh- uh, the shame of his total and complete ponage at Seen It when he blew it at that Edward Scissorhands question. Um, by the way, you want to be in a loud, obnoxious l- uh, room, a room of about 12 geeks. I mean, Aaron, myself, Scott Daly, Jason Crump, Fatboy, all playing Seen It, which is like Trivial Pursuit but with movie clips. I thought there was going to be blood at one point. Uh, So what was Edward Scissorhands' question? Well, because for like some of them, some of them are visual clues where it'll say like identify the movie the following scene comes from and it'll be like pixelated and then it slowly comes into focus and it's the first to shout out, you know, like, oh, that's from, you know, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. And, you know, one of the tie-breaking questions was like from what movie does the following scene come? And it does the slow pull out and it's Winona Ryder dancing in the snow at, at the end of Edward Scissorhands. And, but I mean, it was like... You, and Fatboy missed that? Well, it wasn't, it was, it's a matter of some debate, because immediate because it's a room full of nerds, and so immediately all 12 people are like, ever to end! Uh, uh, But I mean, it, but, like, all of us shouted it out, because it was an all-play or whatever, so all of us shouted it out, but like, Court, uh, uh, Fatboy and Aaron were each convinced that they had gotten it.
2: I bet things got awkwardly oh, ugly. They, they got,
1: like, it escalated to, like, nuclear. Like, they were in each other's faces, like, within half a second, like, full-on, full-on, like, screaming at each other. I mean, not angrily, but, I mean, like, geek pride. I
2: bet there was some anger, though. Well,
1: a little bit of drunkenness is what there was. But it was, like, geek pride screaming. Like, because we were all like, well, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe we should roll again and do a tiebreaker. But they were, like, nose to nose in about half a second over who identified Edward Scissorhands faster. Uh, and uh, I think we ended up doing a tiebreaker question, but I, I can say Fatboy was angry about that the rest of the night. He was just like, he was like, F that. I totally had that Edward Scissorhands. So, anyway. Uh, well, it looks like there's no team. I, I think he's probably uh, cutting some uh, news or something. So we should probably break so we don't get terribly behind. How say ye? Let's do it. All right. Oh, I, I wish we had a longer show today. There's so much to get to still. Are uh, we come back? Top five, Fatboy Roberts and something sexy. Stay at the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. I failed at the post.
6: Good golly, Miss Molly.
4: Hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program.
1: Hello, Tim Riley.
2: Hello. Hello, Rick Shields. Did you want to smell the Cadillacim? It's so. pretty potent. <laughs>
1: can no, you live your part. whole life without smelling the scorpion? Ah, sure <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's do uh, let's go to the Ministry of Truth and then we'll roll the top five. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and
7: gentlemen. And now from the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Tim, Tim,
1: Tim, Tim. What? Give you the story, the Britney story. Oh no, no, no! I, no, oh I know I. Oh my didn't. god! Did you print it?
2: No, but I will write the second.
1: Okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a Britney watch. Yeah. Bit my lip. Um,
2: <laughs> we're all falling
3: apart.
1: Well, let me tell you about some of the news that's going on oh. while we try to. That. And then Richie, will you go to Becca's printer and pull the Britney story and come give it to Tim? And there's a fat boy. Yeah. And then Fat Boy is here. Oh, is he coming in too? Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about him. All right. You just ignore him. All right. Let him sit there and stew about losing on that Edward Scissorhands question. Yeah! You're not allowed to rent here anymore. All right.
3: Do you want to snip the tarantula in the bottle? Maybe it's not. Well, the uh, candidates have indicated their favorite television programs, and Hillary Clinton likes Grey's Anatomy, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, but (laughs) her all-time favorite is The Ed Sullivan
1: Show. And whatever else the focus group told her to like.
3: Barack Obama says his favorite TV character of all time is SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Are you kidding me? No. Why would I make that up? No, no, no. I mean, clearly it's I'm not here true. I'm
3: truthful news.
1: I'm just saying that is the most shameless pandering, really, in an, in an age of shameless pandering. That is beyond... Say that once again so Sarah and Fatboy can hear that. Barack Obama and Hillary were asked about their favorite television shows.
0: Hillary,
3: Grey's Anatomy, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, in her all-time favorite, The Ed Sullivan Show. Barack Obama, his favorite TV character of all time is SpongeBob SquarePants. John Edwards is a fan of Boston Legal. He also likes Fred Thompson on Law and Order. Dennis Kucinich likes The Tonight Show, The Late Show, The Daily Show, The Colbert Report.
1: Voices in his own head. SNL.
3: Uh, John McCain likes Prison Break. Mitt Romney tells TV Guide he's a fan of Lost. Uh, Fred Thompson's favorite TV show is Law and Order. No, you have a lot in common that you don't know about.
1: Battlestar Galactica. No.
3: What? Sports Center. Sports Center. Yeah, that's what it says.
1: Yeah, he and him. Fred Thompson, and I have all everything in common. Is that your wins? favorite
3: television program?
1: nights. Well, is that the same thing? Tim was trying. That's okay. No, I appreciate your attempt to uh, to understand my personal life, Tim. Forget <laughs> it. I'm never going to try that again. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's just... Percy leaves you that corn, and you don't even use it. I'm yeah. taking it home tonight, baby. I'm going to be. Oh, I'll cook it tonight. That's all right. Promise? I'm still back. Yes, I do. And I will eat it tonight. I promise. And I'm still back on the SpongeBob thing. Uh It's not even that I expect honest answers out of politicians, but I expect the lies to be well-crafted and at least somewhat palatable, right? Like, the lies got to at least kind of go down, or what's the point? I suppose. So, all right. Well, whatever. All right. Let's uh, do a a Britney watch. Here's your Britney watch. Britney, watch for Monday.
3: Britney is planning to adopt two Chinese children. The 25-year-old is reportedly close to finalizing the double adoption with an agency in China that would see her to the footsteps of celebrities such as Madonna, Angelina Jolie.
1: Tell her that Marilyn Manson has the starter kit for her.
3: Oh, that's true. She wants to turn them into chandeliers. Earlier this month, Britney, who has spent time earning headlines for the wrong reasons, could lose custody of her own children. Why, she has temporarily. She is currently allowed to visit her children twice a week. So she could do this if she adopted children China. Did
1: you see the cover of, I think it's Life and Style this week, and it's like Britney addicted to plastic surgery, and they uh, they listed. I didn't know that she'd had, um, they claim she had, obviously, the lipo, the bad uh, collagen we know about. They claimed that she had uh, two uh, boob jobs done. Which, oh, yeah. Well, see, I didn't, I mean, well, did I. Do you think she had any boob jobs done? No. I mean, I figured it was like Madonna where it's all just carefully applied lifting and padding and, Structural underpinnings or whatever. I didn't think it was, I thought it was all um, clothing with Britney. I didn't think it was surgical. Uh, they also claim
3: this tabloid, News of the World, so we know it's right, uh, it says that Britney is spending 25,000
1: pounds, is about $50,000, planning her own funeral. <laughs> oh, 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 that's so great, really? Mm-hmm. I don't even, I'm going to start, I'm going to believe think that's true right now. Please tell me there's more detail. No, that's it. We should help her plan. We should, let's, tomorrow, <laughs> to trade. tomorrow hold on, planning Brittany's funeral. Planning Brittany's funeral. You know,
3: she wanted to the, the cremation. We knew that guy who uh, had those cremation racks. That is true. The, you yeah, the, used uh, to have one in your office. I That's used to have one road. in my
1: old cubicle. I had a cremation tray in my own cubicle <laughs> at Fisher. I don't know what happened to that. You know, I don't think CBS would let me do that. Planning no. Brittany, putting the fun in funeral. Fantastic. All right, there you go. There's your Britney watch from Monday. On giving. I love, love Britney. Her. I really do. But well, there's your Britney, Britney, Britney watch. I hope that there's vodka in heaven. My black feet and no country that I stay. I hope that there's
6: vodka in heaven. He may live if she, <laughs> she dies. Britney, she, she dies. This
1: is but Nickel RK. Uh, we'll do the top five here in just a moment. Let's welcome another Rick Emerson show from Corden Fat Boy on Rock One K UFO, Monday through Friday, at seven to midnight. Fat boy, hello, sir. Hello. You're recovered from this weekend. Uh yeah. well yeah, yeah.
2: I saw a couple of pictures of you. It looked like you had fun. You were you...
4: doing the... Uh, the oh, erected development, uh, the erected development... I had never seen you laugh as hard as it was the
1: best thing ever because it was like random. It was apropos of nothing. I was sitting on the couch watching uh, somebody play... Of course you
2: were. Everyone else is being social and you're sitting there on the couch.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I was not only just sitting on the couch, I
4: was watching someone else play a video game. Yeah. Um, Although later on, he was sitting on the couch and started making out with the dog. We got pictures of that, too.
2: Yeah, I have that picture. I'm going yeah. to no, figure no, what he, I to do yeah. with it.
4: Uh, and then I looked
1: over and... Fatboy's in the kitchen. I can't do it, but he's just doing the Porsche de Rossi Joe blue. like, good go, good Just do a little bit of it here. Please, for Sarah. There. Yeah, there see? How
4: great is that? There you Come go. On. I just kicked something
1: over. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so you... It, it, oh, it, 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 I am <laughs>
4: such a monkey. I really am. No, it was
1: a great weekend. It you really pull
4: was. my string, I smash the cymbals together. Um... So, here's the reason. You may be asking yourself why you are here. Well, no, there's probably plenty of reasons. Um... So, you asked me
1: about this on Saturday night. I did. And I said, you know what? I don't want to talk about it now. Let's wait and talk about it on the air. That's right. I know. I remember now. I remember. So, it. this is an email to me from Fatboy. This is Monday, November 19th, 520 p.m. Subject line. From the disc of Fatboy. <laughs> 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 While well, you were out. Yo, caught this on my way to the DMV today, Rick. Last break of the day, you came back from the stop set, and all I heard was the following conversation. And this was between myself and Sarah. Court. Well, maybe court, but not fat boy. No, no, no. Definitely not fat boy, end quote. And that was it. Well, what would maybe court but definitely not fat boy mean? Now, do you remember this conversation? I
2: don't remember this I remember I remember it happening, but I don't remember what we were talking about. We were talking, talking about, about Should we plug his ears so the Court
1: and Fat Boy. Wait, uh, look away. Here, uh go stand outside the studio for a second. Okay. Sarah and I have we have to bring the we have to give the secret word for the audience. The secret don't word. Don't listen. Don't no, listen. It's because um, he didn't like Youth and Revolt, and neither did Court. <gasps> yeah. And we were talking about, you said, well, maybe uh, it's because they were popular growing up, and we said, well, maybe maybe Corbett, not Fat Boy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So here's what this conversation was about when you heard us saying, maybe Corbett, not Fat Boy. Okay. We
2: should just let him guess.
1: Do you, do you have any guess? Yeah, that's a good Good for you. Look at you.
4: All right. I honestly had no guess. Um, I, We were talking about it when we were all at the uh, the screening of The Mist that Monday night, and Court figured it had something to do with gay sex, but that's just Court. He's German. I think he's just, he just defaults to that at any point. That's just that's
1: his go-to. Yeah. Now,
4: <laughs> as you know, we had very, very much endorsed the book Youth
1: and Revolt on this program by ah, C.D. Payne. Yes. And, you know, that was actually what started the sort of... De facto Rick Emerson show book club, uh-huh. whatever it is, because we were like, Youth and Revolt, you got to read it, Youth and Revolt by C.D. Payne, you have to. Um, and so Aaron comes up to me a while back and he's like, hey, he's like, you don't want to know this, but Fat Boy hated Youth and Revolt and so did Court. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, which is fine, look, it, it, which, oh, yeah. it really is fine. I mean, I, I was hoping you'd like it more yeah. for your sake than for mine, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Uh, you yeah, know, it's not it's, like you wrote it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter to me, I don't care. Uh, it, but we were discussing, because Sarah and I both love that book, and... And again, and I'm not trying to challenge you on it. I'm just saying, for the most part, the people who've read it have really liked it. And we were discussing, well, why is it that, that you and Court wouldn't like Youth and Revolt? And Sarah said, well, you know, because the thing about Nick Twist is he's so self-centered and such an ass and just yeah. such an atavistic jerk. And Sarah said, well, you know what? Uh, that's how most 14- and 15-year-olds are. Maybe uh, Court and Fatty were just a lot more popular growing up than we were. And then we like maybe at, we
2: could easily identify with the characters a little bit better. Than and you.
1: maybe you guys were popular growing up, and that's why you couldn't identify with Nick Twist. And then we looked at each other and we're like, well, maybe Court, but definitely not Fat
4: <laughs> So we just sort of, it's understood that you in no way were popular growing up. But maybe we were wrong. Oh, I was more like, uh, in high school, I was the uh, the social butterfly. I never really belonged to any one set clique. I was just allowed to move freely to, through most of them, except for the, the redneck clique, because I went to a very... Uh, insular high school. It was stuck in the middle of a cornfield. And when really? I actually listened to hip-hop, I was the de facto black kid. Okay. So the rednecks... So you would get the beatings reserved? Pretty much, yeah. Otherwise, they would have given to, to actual minorities. They yeah, could, I well, caught you'll those. do! Bam! Yeah. I mean, the alternative kids, the, uh, you know, the wastoid skeezers, racist right. dudes, all those people, they all mm. thought I was okay. They had no problem with me whatsoever. I mostly hung out with seniors when I was a freshman. So, I'm unclear about whether this is a yes or no. So your high school career didn't suck. It... <sighs> Well, I mean, It sounds like you enjoyed high school. Not really. So did
2: you grow up in one place the in, like, your entire childhood?
4: For the most part, yeah. I ended up transferring my senior year because I knew there was no way I was going to survive one more year in a cornfield surrounded by rednecks. How many people in your hometown? Oh, uh, I don't know. Salem's got, like, what, 150,000 now? My hometown's Portland. I was born in Portland. Okay, okay, but how many people in your graduating class? Uh, not graduating, but how many people in your high school? In my high school? uh. Pff, uh 1100 1200 all right about the same as mine
1: that's a that's a small hick town yeah all right okay so all right well fair enough uh court popular in high school (laughs)
4: do you know anything about his adolescence i'm i'm pretty sure no it might have been somewhere around the same i don't think he was like a guy who got beaten down a lot i don't think he was unpopular i think well his his idol this this probably says everything you need to know about his high school career his idol is lloyd dobler
1: Okay. Oh, I well, can see that. Every yeah. guy's
4: idol is Lloyd Lloyd's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's what that was. Okay. I had nothing to do see, with this. As
1: somebody who, as somebody who survived growing up around
4: rednecks, though, I thought you would have really embraced Nick Twisp. No. Why, why it's did just, you not? It's just I don't know. He was just so. Cause he's relentlessly loathsome. I mean, it's, it's not so welcome to my world.
2: Right? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, don't you remember when you were 14 or 15 and just hated the world and you thought everything was just there for no, you? No, I tried
4: to have fun more than anything. Nick Twist reminds me of the kind of kid I knew in high school who thought being funny meant being supercilious and condescending to the nth degree. And I...
2: See, I would think that he would be the brunt of that instead of that. Yeah.
4: No, I, I've, I've from, I mean, I only got like 200 pages in, but from what I understood, he just sort of like stood off to the back. He never even actively engaged oh, anyone so oh else. Oh, my God. Oh, were you so like a leadership camp Are you reading a different book? No, no, no. I'm Are you saying, reading Catcher
1: in the Rye by mistake? No, I'm just saying. You're it talking, sounded
4: like he was off to the side, and everything was so ridiculously beneath him that it wasn't even worth it for him to try talking to anyone else to figure out what was going on. And by the time I got to the 200th page of that like whatever. I think. He, well,
2: I mean, I, I think <laughs> he tried. He tried to fit it, and he didn't. And like, so and, then he uh,
4: took out his rage on those around him. Yes, that's entirely possible. I'm mm-hmm. well, fine. All right, no, it's cool. It really oh, is okay, Different all right. strokes for different folks. Okay. Has is, Aaron is been emailing you, talking Yang? Edward says your hands. I totally beat him. No. Yeah, he I totally he totally beat you. No, and of it's course, he embarrassing yeah. for you. It, it's because our voices sound so similar. Is what yeah, it was. we got to do that this Friday, by the way. Okay, later. cool. Uh, what's that? Are that you gonna eat?
2: drink some of the tequila?
4: Hell no!
2: It, that is the most disgusting thing I've yes ever it, seen.
4: No, it's got snakes in it, man. <laughs> no. Did you want to smell it? No,
2: no, you no. Just
4: looking at it, it, I'm getting aliens flashbacks. I'm about to turn into Hudson here in like three seconds. Yeah, I'll have you will have the in tomorrow to smell it. No, no, I'm not smelling this. Yes, I not. smelled it. Yeah, I know. You got some on your hands, and I heard you go, ooh, oh, now you're no, afraid to touch your own them. face before it, like, swells <laughs> up and spiders burst from it I or don't something.
2: I just think, like, I get a little drop on me, and Aaron's going to actually ingest that.
4: Oh, Aaron's going to... Aaron's know, hardcore. And you know what? What's funny is, as hardcore as I thought all those guys were, the women
5: at oh, this no, the beach party thing... The,
4: the, I was proud of myself because on, of on Friday night, I actually hung with them. I was the only dude left for like three hours. All the other dudes fell off one by one. I actually made it to 630. The problem was it wrecked me for saturday yeah, i went to drunk. bed at like
1: 11 p.m on was, saturday night. <laughs> and i
4: thought i was just like tired maybe i no i was just drunk the whole way for the rest of the day and i also felt sort of bad because i was loud when i was drunk on the friday night and the girls it was just me and six girls in a kitchen so they were pumping me for like male secrets men's okay just shut secrets? To, chef, man, secrets? yes it was awful now. i, I was laura you, one of the girls you, pumping
2: yeah. you for men oh secrets? yeah
4: you must she was leave front. you must leave now
1: okay all right. and six girls sitting around drinking. Get out. All right. Some of that for cello movie. Maybe that's why I don't like Nick Twist. Gordon Fatboy, Rock 101, KUFO, 7 to Midnight. Thank, thank you, you, my friend. We'll have you be back on tomorrow to drink this. Nope. All right, Just ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five for Monday on the Rick four, Everson Show. Three, two, one, Fire.
11: Counting is wonderful, counting is marvelous,
1: counting's the best thing to do. The Cobra videos had about 100 views in the last 90 minutes,
0: by the way. Excellent. Counting is ecstasy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is Tim Riley with today's Top 5.
3: And as we often do, we spin the great and almighty Wheel of Time,
1: letting us take it where it
8: may.
3: And it stops on October 15th, 1983, a year of promise, potential and change. Let's examine the musical records in that nick of time. I hate every single one of these. <laughs> I had to play all these on October fifteenth,
1: nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Audible. The stray cat, sexy and seventeen. I don't think you could. Uh, I don't think you could release a song anymore about a hot girl you want to bang who's seventeen.
0: Ready? How much do you hate Brian Setzer? I, oh. do I don't people.
1: really like Brian Setzer either. You know, I feel like I'm supposed to, but I don't.
0: That's exactly how
2: I feel like. I feel like I should. I a lot of friends who sing at karaoke. Yes. Mm.
6: Number five.
3: How <laughs> 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 you like your Zollie Part violins in the stream. Oh, right? I love this song. Pull oh, my fingernail. Man. <laughs> if I punch up this cart one more time. Maybe when
0: when I met How do we not him? has got his <laughs> head in his
3: hands. <laughs> I, I envision a, a six-hour Saturday
1: afternoon airship <laughs> playing this two or th- three times. <laughs> <laughs> Literally head in your hands at this plane. Like you're suffering some sort of post-traumatic Nam flashback. Well, the funny thing about this time was,
3: it was it was hard, half cart, half CD. So some of these I had carts for, some CD, and that was extra special oh. to play these three times up a CD. <laughs>
0: okay, let's move along now.
2: Like, we don't even get to here one. I know,
0: I'm this sorry. This is 1983. <laughs> we can move on. There'll
1: be others, Sarah. It was only... 24 years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Fandau Ballet, a great bathroom song. This much yeah. is my crew.
1: Six minutes and 21 seconds. I was just going to say, that's 621 uh-huh. of bathroom time. Mm-hmm. I'll also be microwaving a burrito upstairs. I don't think we had a microwave back then. <laughs> I don't know. If Wait, we used to go to a day-old bakery, though. Really? Yeah, it was great. I remember uh, we had a microwave... We didn't have a toaster oven, which you think we would have had, so I had to microwave those to Tony's pizzas, but the thing is, those aren't supposed to be microwaved. They're supposed to be toasted, but I would microwave them because it was all I could afford to eat, and then they would just be goo. A sponge with blood on them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I hate this song. Oh, I can't think. This song fills me with anger.
2: Are we going to get to hear any of these songs? Always in
1: time. Sorry, you, you young kids, you,
2: uh. I don't mean to torture Tim, but.
1: This is torture. <laughs> not just
3: I him. I forgot all about this, this year, not too long ago.
6: That's
1: no paper towel. <laughs> how long is. Uh, by the way, Sarah, is the, what is the next break like?
0: But now I've come back again. Just so
1: I know how much longer we can torture Tim with all of these songs. Okay, no, no, we got time. Number three, <laughs> the police and King of Pain. I hate this song. Oh, yeah. I don't
2: think I know this song.
1: You don't know? Oh this yeah, song? I do. Yeah, you know this? Song. I detest this song. Oh. I don't like the police at all. I loathe this song. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna one up each other. This song fills me with a supernova-like fury.
4: <sighs> Stupid
1: pretentious art school students should not be allowed to make rock. This is like the sound of a guy who came direct from a painting class and decided to sing rock music.
3: You know, the like thing about how
2: can you hate this? I mean,
1: if you work the music radio about this time, I'm just going to say if you had to play playlist, there's
2: nothing really this, going on in the song to hate. It's just kind of there.
1: But imagine having to play it three or four over times. and yeah. over. You know what it is? Eggplant doesn't have much of a taste, but imagine if you were force-fed eggplant three times a day for ten years. <laughs> it's like these distracting
3: jobs never get any better, do they? <laughs> no. Maybe if I move a few miles away, <laughs> they'll get
1: much better. Maybe the playlist will be different in Snohomish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know these guys used to this huge or I guess they're doing this huge reunion tour, which is weird, because I don't really know anybody that's like, the police rock! I don't really know anybody who's a big police fan. I hate them, and they're people who are indifferent to them. I don't really know anybody who's all about the police. Oh, I hate this so no, much. No,
3: actually, I don't either. There's more to hate. At number two, air supply making love out of nothing at all.
1: I have to say that oh, I love this Jim song.
2: Steinem, that at all and you can tell
4: (laughs) let me just jab out my ears with a sharp object
2: when Joni and i worked together we looked for the best of air supply
1: now you can tell this was a meatloaf song or supposed to be here's how you can tell this was written for meatloaf because it has that line about i can block every tackle at the sound of the whistle i can make all the stadiums rock look at these guys and you know that they don't block tackles at the sound of any whistle but that is a line that would come out of Meatloaf just fine. I have to say that I like this song. I have the greatest hits on vinyl, actually. And
2: it's so totally clipped to the heart, too.
1: Yeah. We'll get, we'll get through this one little section here, and then we'll do number one. Yeah, picture this next line coming out of meatloaf in a sort of uh, all revved up and no place to go
4: kind of way. <laughs> you can make this life. picture that. <laughs> picture it while I vomit. Picture of meatloaf in a letterman's jacket with it.
1: Yeah, this guy cannot make the stadium. No, and he doesn't. And he doesn't block a fumble at all in any sport. Hi,
3: Tim. <laughs> is so anxious for this to be done. He hates this. We're just gonna keep you here right? number
2: one.
3: <laughs> Bonnie
1: Tyler. <Totally laughs> Eclipse of the Heart.
2: It was Jim Steinman's year.
1: Uh, this may be the only time this has ever happened in music history. By the way. Bye, two, two songs by. Are you, sure you want to stay. Yeah, Tim, we got four minutes of this. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at four five, six and seven, all the way through. Well, like us. Um, this may be the only time this happened. Two songs by this by different artists, but by the same songwriter. At number one and number
6: two. I mean I
1: can't think of that's ever happened before. Two Jim Simon songs, you know, two songs by the same comp- composer, but different artists.
2: Well, you probably don't know anymore because a lot of people don't talk about the songwriters because all these young people pretend like they write their
1: own lyrics. That's true, and it is all like Neptune stuff. Mm-hmm. Now the Neptunes have probably done it actually. And everybody pays to get their name listed as the songwriter these days, like Britney. Tim's hatred was palpable.
2: Yeah, He seems actively uncomfortable.
1: He's just like rattling his paper full of rage. All right, I'll let this play. Uh, back after this to wrap it up.
4: It's the Rick Emerson Show.
1: that's the worst thing I've ever heard
2: <sighs>
1: yeah we should really give that time. finally is wrong alright uh, how long do we have here uh, about 20 seconds alright let's see here I'm just getting the thing ready here getting our end to show clip ready alright uh, well we want to thank CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and Rachel McGrath uh, who I think likes me just a little bit
2: I think she does I think you guys just um, have communication problems
1: it's a little bit of a you know what we have a pleasingly clashing relationship uh, also, Fat Boy from Rock 101, uh, KUFO. Uh, Court and Fat Boy tonight, 7 in to the Midnight, of course. Uh Let's see, join us tomorrow. I don't know what's happening tomorrow, uh, but join us tomorrow anyway. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon i AM970, Southern State Radio, a proud member of the CBS Radio family. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. And on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper's Dave Zinn. Uh, imagery and web mistress is Bridget from upstairs and, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Uh, as always, my friends, thank you for listening. Uh, be safe. Don't let the bastards grind you down. See you all tomorrow. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7. Be safe now. Bye.
0: Hi, this is Amy Winehouse. Happy Thanksgiving.